Oh, hi, and welcome. My name is Robin Martin. I'm the host of The Curious Art of Being Human. The following is a conversation with uh, Steve Piper, owner of Monashi Health Collective. He's a chiropractor. He's a Wim Hof instructor. Um, and in this episode, we are talking also and, and tasting and trying uh, throughout the conversation uh, craft beers that he's making in his garage. So uh, this was pretty cool. We We talk about a lot of different things um, and some <laughs> unexpected things as well. We we start with you know his process uh, on how he makes beer. We we talk about life generally speaking. Then we talk about identity. We talk about you know living your life. We talk about stuff he saw during his practice, um, his philosophy of of chiropractic i would say uh we talk about a little bit about the the, the cold plunge wim hof and 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 different things as always this is the curious art of being human if you want to uh support this project you can subscribe to this channel give us a blue thumb share this to whoever you think is going to be interested um if you want to participate in uh, you know get in touch with me i'm always on the lookout for uh, all sorts of different person different background different professions different stories um really any kind of things um yeah feel free to get in touch with me i think that's it sit back relax as always and i hope you enjoy and yeah that's it so now dr steven piper let's go i learned all about catfishing oh really yeah about how you make yourself or sound or appear to be something you're not yeah i learned all about it in the last couple of weeks really apparently this is a big online dating thing yeah like people show up to dates and you're like, uh, that's not, that's not who you looked to be. Exactly. I don't know if you know, there's actually a, a very popular, extremely big reality TV show that is called Catfish, where this. they follow this kind of story where people like message them and, and are like, oh, I'm in contact with this person and they never want to video chat or they never want to meet. They always have excuses and stuff. And then... They have a team where they investigate all the, the, the people and they go there and they try to find out if it's a real person or if it's a catfish. Is this the guy who was catfished for like six years? Like pretty, it, it, pretty famous guy. And, it's a, and just, his, uh, you know, his name, I don't remember. I don't, I don't know his name, but this, this is where this comes from. The, That's yeah, how I learned about it. The guy who created it, I know, got catfished for in a long the first time. place. For a long time, I don't remember that, but yeah, probably like he, he got like pretty, what's the word, traumatized by it. And then he decided to create a... So he figured he would traumatize other people. <laughs> traumatize the catfishers. No, he would help. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and every time it's like people that are like at the bottom of their life, right? Like trying to, to embody somebody else to have attention or, or things like that. So... But they, they're pretty good about it. They don't really, like, shame the people. Usually it, it ends, like, pretty well. Like, they're, they're you know, they're trying to, like, make it look good. And they try to send back the, the catfisher into, like, a, a better direction. But um, anyway, I, 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 have you ever got catfish? No. no? Not, not that I know of. Not yet. <laughs> yeah. I'm not very, yet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm very new to the... Yeah. 
I don't. Well, like two dates, three dates. Yeah. So. Yeah. It might come. It might come. I've never been catfished. No. I have a friend who who got catfished here. The <laughs> Adrian, my friend from France, that came here with me. Yeah. <laughs> he got and how? <laughs> and how bad? Like what? Uh, it was pretty bad. <laughs> like totally different person. Yeah. Like very different person. Like. Um, I mean, I've heard. Looked, I've like heard, looked. I've heard stories. Not, nothing less. Nothing like. Sorry, the. the it's recording. Is it? Yeah. No, oh, it's it a recording. Oh, shit, yeah, okay. we're, we're in it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, let's. So we have like this beer that you're making and we're going to taste that uh, in real time and I'm going to give you my uh, my opinion. Yeah. But the the first thing I want to go over is can you walk me through how the hell do you make beers because I have absolutely no idea. And first <laughs> just I just want to wait and see your reaction first. Yeah. That fruity, that's a hazy IPA. Yep. It's the first time my good friend Nick and I have made a hazy IPA. So it needs some work. Uh, but yeah, making beer is, uh, like I heard, I've heard a line that says, if you can, if you can, <clears throat> if you can make oatmeal, you can make beer. Really? And, uh, so what, what do you, what's the process? What do you need in? You need, a, uh, so these are all grain batches. Mm -hmm. There's no, uh, There's no filler. There's nothing like that. It's, it's it's just grain that you take from the husk and you mill it. You crack the you crack the husk, mm -hmm. and uh, when you crack it, the sugars inside the grain are uh, heated up so that the sugars come out of the husk. And uh, I'm probably not doing it justice. I'm in my rookie infancy. I mean, I, I could go into a lot of detail with this, yeah. and that creates um, the wort, yeah. uh, or sorry, the mash. And then you mix in hops, which blend with the with the sugars, and then eventually you chill it and add yeast, and then the yeast eats the sugar, creating your just usual fermentation. And the different kinds of grain, the different kinds of hops, the different kinds of yeast, uh, all create the certain flavor profiles mm -hmm. of the beer. And then at the end, you just you add basically add carbonation to give it some fizz. Mm. Yeah. And how long does it has to? Stay? I would say about a month. A month. Like start to finish. Yeah. Uh, a, be a beer making day is uh, for a rookie like me is like five six hours with the mm -hmm. with the equipment that I have, and then you you put it into a fermenter and let it uh, let the yeast do its work, mm -hmm. and then I find the carbonation process at the at the very amateur level is hard to get right unless you buy a lot of fancy equipment it's, it's, a lot, right. it's probably a lot like uh videography or podcast right. the more the more equipment the fancier the equipment you have the, the yeah. better it's going to get yeah. yeah totally and and then do you you can like add little stuff like little flavors fruits and and, and different mm -hmm. things like that or do you follow a recipe Yeah, this one was recommended to us. I like it. Uh, <laughs> Not saying this just for the camera. Can you imagine? <laughs> this is this is terrible, man. What? I think you should keep your day job. <laughs> this is my retirement plan. Never give. Up. Yeah. So this is my next career. Never give up on your dreams. Uh, yeah, it's it's um, flavor profiles. I mean, they have a lot of. Uh, what in the beer world is called mouthfeel which is an interesting topic um how it feels in your mouth mm. and on your tongue mm -hmm. and uh 
yeah, it just all depends on what you're after. Like how right. much, how, how, like in your opinion, mm-hmm. would you say that that's a bitter beer? Like, does it leave a bitter aftertaste? I would say a moderate one. Right. I've tasted more bitter than that, mm-hmm. but definitely less bitter as well. Yeah. And so but if it, you, if you dry hop a beer, meaning you add the hop after you've boiled it, mm-hmm. it will be more bitter. Mm-hmm. And how you add the hops in, like what point in, in the boil uh, do you add the hops will determine how much aroma you get out of it yeah. and how much bitterness you get out of it. And so hops added towards the end of the, of the process, add more aroma. So that's your sort of fruity flavors mm-hmm. and hops added at the beginning are going to add the, the bitterness to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it just depends on what kind of beer you like. That's, mm-hmm. I mean, this is supposed to be a hazy IPA, so it's a little heavier alcohol content. Um, it does have a bit of a sort of a heavier feel to it. Um, a little bit more bitter versus say a lager, which would be very light. Yeah. Um, totally different taste. Do do you do also? My personal favorites are like white beers. Oh like yeah, the, the Who Garden. Yeah, with la, with a, a lemon in it. This is like my my favorite type. It's like the lightest. What do you like about it? What is it? I think it's a very. I find it like very refreshing, uh, and I just like like the taste. But I like all kind of except from. I really I'm really not a fan of, a fan of uh, Guinness and like the very dark one. And why is that? What? What don't you like about it? I think it's just like I didn't like. It's not my culture, I guess. <laughs> like I didn't. No, it's very British. I never, for sure. you know, yeah. maybe my my mouth is not like. Oh, I think uh, that's the. That, I think that that's much, the cool thing about really beer is that you can you can create something that to one person it's not not your thing. Yeah. To the next person, they just they just love it, and you know, I hope you get to see that with the with the different beers that we try tonight. One will for be sure. like okay, this has got a good flavor to it or you appreciate it and the next one, you're like, that's not my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm totally okay with that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's good. Especially at a level I'm at. <laughs> yeah, no, but I, I like this one. Like it's not, this one is like would be the, the middle ground like be kind of, right? Be- mm-hmm. Between like a white, blonde and then uh, darker ones. Yeah, so for for what we're trying to work on, we want to make it more cloudy mm-hmm. uh, and a bit of a brighter look to it this is a very amber looking beer and hazy beer uh needs to be a bit brighter and cloudy in my opinion uh certainly the ones that i've tried that i like they're a little bit more um fruity and cloudy and so that that's just a refinement process this is the first time we made it and so you know we swing for the fences we we uh (laughs) making hazy ipas is a tough uh is a tough gig making loggers is a tough gig and and uh my friend and i have just you know we're not we're not afraid to try it. Hmm. And that's the wonderful thing about making beers. You can fuck it up and turn it into a sour and people still love it. Yeah. So you just got to find the right audience. Right. Yeah. There's that kind of like creative aspect of it, right? That you can also maybe like add things that are maybe not usual or just like you have that that personal secret mix recipe that maybe will make like a crazy good beer or... Or not that much? Yes. Yeah. The answer is yes. Like, you, you just nailed it. That's why I make beers, because there's a mad chemist part of it that I love that process of, you know, you need X amount of ingredients at X amount of time, and, and if, you, if you screw that up, you know, it's going to throw off the flavors. Right. 
I love following. I love cooking to follow a recipe. I don't try to create something from scratch. Although mm-hmm. I would love to get to that point with beer. Um, and and there's a creation process. That, like you don't know. I I would I would be willing to bet that even in the higher like the professionals that are selling beer at high levels every batch they make is slightly different mm, yeah. but because you're not tasting one batch to the previous batch you don't really have any measuring stick of what does this hazy ipa taste like the next time uh i mean at my level the scale the, the variability scale is gonna be big and at a professional level the scale is gonna be very small but i right. bet you there's some I bet you there's some nuances that every batch is slightly different than the last. Yeah, so much really goes into sense. it. Water content. What's the what's the uh, what's the mineral level in the water that you have around mm. town? What's the chloride content? All this yeah. stuff matters for beer. So yeah, yeah. So how did you first get into it? Like, how did you get the idea of like making, starting making beer? Well, first, I love beer the way it tastes, not, <laughs> yeah. not the actual. Uh, that would make sense. <clears throat> yeah, that yeah. It's not a good the start. actual, not the actual alcohol consumption because that I could do without. Um, but my old man used to make beer in the basement, oh. and I'd come over and and you can smell you you can smell beer making a mile away. I don't know mm. if you've ever been downtown when. Okanagan um, Springs. Well, like the Marti- Martins, maybe. No, Okanagan oh. Springs, the big brewery downtown. You can smell when they're making oh, beer. Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so scale that, scale that down, and that—that's what my dad was doing in the basement. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never drank any, but I always remember that smell, and it's something that sort of reminds me of those times, mm, the good old days, so to speak. Uh, and then the other part was just—I—I I was just curious. We're getting joined by a magpie, I think. Oh, he's in the tree. Pissed right off here. at us huh? <laughs> for drinking beer, probably. Uh, you can edit that out, right? Yeah. Uh, no, but I mean, we won't even, we won't even like really. It's not picking that up. No, we'll be fine. Uh, the other part about beer is the, is the culture that surrounds it. Hmm. Like to me, to go mountain biking, there, there's a culture to have a beer after where you connect with people. Hmm. And I think at the very basic premise of any alcohol one is enough and that that's what it's designed to do it's designed for you and i to have a drink together and there's a mm-hmm. social connection there mm-hmm. and so in making beer i just thought it's a love of connection it's just it's it's um which sounds like bullshit but it's not it's no, it's yeah. you know if for me to make a beer and then have you over to come try it there's mm-hmm. a connection there that i think is is i'm proud of that yeah 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 you're creating something and by creating that thing it creates a a social interaction which is we're a social species it's all we, we yeah well we, it's, we, but it's we, not or, though you know it's like yeah. sunday dinner if somebody mm-hmm. if somebody i don't know if your family did this but my family always got together on sundays and we had a big i don't know like roast beef or something like that yeah and and that that's the that's how you would start the week mm. with that connection and uh, obviously nowadays it's you know it's connections are kind of hard to find And if we can agree that, okay, we like the taste of beer, we're not going to drink a whole keg of it or anything. Those are days are long gone. Uh, but <laughs> we can at least sit and chat and break the ice with a beer. Or, or yeah. it doesn't matter. A glass of wine is the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very social thing to do. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You just said you on Sunday and you start the week. Is It's something that always like blew my mind here. Is that the Sunday 
is is it actually accepted or is like is it actually a thing that like the Sunday is considered as like the first day of the week? Because you would, you said you just said like on Sunday you did that and you would start the week this way. And I see on 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 schedule and stuff that I that I buy like the Sunday, mm. and I didn't <laughs> I didn't grow up like that. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think a lot North American culture it it just depends on who you ask because calendars yeah. are done that way. Yeah, um, which is so I find it's the work so week's weird. not done that way, mm. right? But I often feel like Sunday is my day to you know <clears throat> enjoy everything about that day to prepare for the following you know to prepare mm -hmm. for the week so i would say yeah. my week starts on sunday because uh, you know monday is like full steam ahead and i honestly feel like if you prepare on uh, on sunday you're better off come monday morning yeah you know what i mean like that if you take sense. sunday to to have a, a what do they call it? like a, a like a mental health day you know like mm -hmm. the, it's your day self-care You're going to prepare a good meal. You've got the time. You go do your 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 family um, connection piece on Sunday. Mm. It's just, I don't know, it just makes me feel so much better when I've done my Sunday thing. And that's how I feel like you start the week. Yeah. And then so when Monday hits, it's, yeah, it's, it's work week, but it's not, uh, you know, you've already started by preparing. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, it's, it just, I bet you could ask... You know, 15 Anyone. different people, you yeah. get 15 different answers. No, for sure. But yeah. I was just always been intriguing here by seeing on calendars uh, Sunday at the, the beginning. Yeah. He always like... But in France, you guys don't work. On right? Sunday, no. No, you don't really. like you at all. Like, you we don't just, work you, at all. You no, work we, like, don't, we don't. We work like 10 hours a week. And it's a social like country. A we union. have like so many social help that like, yeah, we you, don't really need, you don't really yeah. need to. to imagine to <laughs> no, imagine they told you you have to work on Monday. Yeah. It would be an uproar. Be France is is a great country, and but like anywhere, there's good things and there's bad things. And I just love your the 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 passion in your culture. That, that that's that's I don't know where does that come from. Where does that? I think there's there's a lot of passion, but one thing that bothers me a little bit is that there's a lot of pride and sometimes too much pride and mm. some which leads to too much. Uh, close-minded people right like there's our way this mm. is our culture like we do this like this and while this is can be good like you can be proud of there's nothing wrong with being proud of your culture even though like i'm a i'm a pretty extreme in like this kind of thing i believe like you know you were born somewhere i'm not i don't take pride in anything that is french i didn't create anything i didn't invent the croissant that i don't mm. like oh french we have the best wine i don't make wine I don't know anything uh, how to make wine and stuff like that. Yet I'm French, and some French will say, you know, will take pride in pride in their culture. But I was just like born there. I didn't invent or like anything. Yeah, no, I, I can't I, like appropriate myself all this stuff. Yeah, and, like, no, I get what French, you're saying. You know what that, I mean? That would be like that would be like Canada and beavers. You know, or maple syrup. Maple syrup. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> uh, but more, more at like deeper level than that is is your. Um, I think it's important to have a cultural identity, you know, totally. like to say, to, to stand up and say, this is my culture. Uh, that doesn't mean you're, you're ignorant or egotistical of mm -hmm. other cultures. It just means that this is where I'm from and this is my experiences and, and you know, that I stand up and believe this is, yeah. you know, how, what else could you believe in? That's, mm -hmm. that's, that's all, you know, Absolutely. and, yeah. uh, 
But to be um, boasting about yeah wine and you know accents and this kind of stuff mm. as uh, long as it stays right like uh, positive like you yeah. want to share your culture because it's like like we said it's like we're social species and yeah. we want to hey look at this like taste this this is from where i'm from i'm yeah. from like i know the people that are making this or or this is my favorite wine it's from burgundy and like yeah my grandfather uh, uh, made me discover this wine or like you know that that kind of aspect but not like drinking okanagan wine and what's that <laughs> shit i'm not this is not from from france i don't drink yeah, this and, yeah, yeah. and i mean there's no it's it's good until what what when it remains um with the wisdom of knowing that all this you were just like born into it and it's your culture but it's a it's a tear it's a drop of water in in the ocean no that's well said right? yeah. i love to say that it's a tear yeah it, yeah it, it no that's a, it's so well said Um, this is not only this, and and it's it's good to be able to 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 look at your culture, with not like having your ego identifying too much about it. Like being being just aware. I was just born in this country. I could have been born somewhere else. I was mm -hmm. just born in there, and we transmit it to me these cultural aspects. So yeah, it's where I come from. It's like what I know, what I'm familiar with, but it's it's not like me personally as a person. It's not, I'm not gonna say like this is mine. Yeah, know? I think there's a there's to be proud of who you are and where you you know where you came from is a big deal. Uh, but to yeah. to to be protective over that. Would, would 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 to say that you you would never learn anything new in your life you would never experience any yeah. other culture and and it's so interesting to talk about the you know you I, I'm sure you've met people along your way in life that are just not interested in gaining anything from another culture mm. and it's a sad sad yeah. place to be it doesn't matter where you're from Yeah. Uh, and I find the people who do the best are the ones that immerse themselves in another culture and go, okay, this is where I'm from. I'm never going to lose that. This is my identity. This is why I drink beer. But I'm always going to be open to going to somebody else's house to drink their beer mm -hmm. or what they've made. Or Oh, man, why yeah. wouldn't I want to do that? And the, the, I don't know. It's, it's sad to see that we get lost in... In pride, exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, because yeah. it's just a it's just an ego thing. Uh, yeah, when you're like close to it, it's just your ego that is trying to protect you, and it's not even like that. People are bad, or it, this this is just a level of of uh, I'll I'll say consciousness or maybe wisdom or like knowing that everything you know, um, you you only know what you know, right? But there's there's so many oh, so, so many, many other things. aspects. Yeah. I remember it's like I in the last episode I was quoting Socrates who said uh, Socrates who said um, true wisdom is in knowing uh, that you know nothing, mm -hmm. and it's it's basically this. And when your your ego is trying to protect you and you're you're going into another culture. Um, you will like judge things. Oh, this is not normal. This is not like how I do things. Or, but it it simply it simply is a a question of like experiencing it, right? When you you take yourself and you go into another country, and then suddenly you see that everybody around you is talking differently, doing different things. 
living differently, eating different stuff. Like there's jobs that you've never heard of. There's landscapes are different. And then everybody is looking at you like the, the one that is not normal. Yeah. And then in your brain go, um, <laughs> happens something that is absolutely wonderful is that, oh, there's no, there's no normal. There's like my normal, their normal, mm. another mm -hmm. culture will be normal. But it's good to reverse the thing and put yourself as everything you do say is normal for you, but suddenly it's going to enter in contradiction with everything else that's going to be around you. And that will like expand your mind of like, oh shit, there's no normal. There's just and like the way I'm familiar with things. And Two things on that. Number one, uh, just going back to your last episode, I can't believe that I am sitting here uh, talking to you on your podcast uh, after you have an astrophysicist on um, <laughs> who's incredibly brilliant and just... Yeah. And now I'm sitting here drinking beer. Like what? That's what's good. <laughs> Maybe that's what I, I like, like about this. You know, I was I was feeling a lot of pressure because I, I watched that episode mm -hmm. and she's ah, man, she's impressive. Yeah, yeah. she's a, she's a wise person. And uh, the second thing is, what you're describing is my experience with making beer to this point. In the idea that I have talked with numerous people who own breweries mm -hmm. and people who own uh, brew making shops and they've just nothing but help nothing but mm -hmm. what you know like what do you think about this and just totally um went to a brewery that just opened in lake country called three lakes brewing this woman they, they just opened this it's uh, owned by three ladies and uh they're just i think they're doing a fantastic job and she she took the time out of her day to tour me around and talk beer and just throw things back and forth this is the culture mm -hmm. this is the way beer making is is that if you wanted to find the recipe for i don't know what's what is your favorite beer uh hoogarden right yeah you mentioned that yes yeah. so if you want to find the recipe for hoogarden you can go online and 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 source this stuff out there's mm. no really there's no secrets you know mm. like there's no i'm sure at that at the at the corporate level there's proprietary stuff right but the whole community and culture of craft beer mm. is growing together there's no yeah. there's no oh i i need to keep this recipe to myself like we were talking earlier about about your pride and your culture and that kind yeah. of thing that's not the way it is in the craft beer community it's more like what can we learn from each other and if one if one person decides, okay, uh, I, I feel strong enough about my beer making skills, I'm going to open a brewery in a in a place where there's uh, maybe one or no breweries, that's just opening the door for the rest of us that actually thought, hmm, I wonder if I could do this, mm. right? And there's that there's that sense of uh, you're learning from others. That is the way of life. You're never gonna. You're never gonna know it all. Yeah. You, what you think is relevant to you is only gonna be totally blown away tomorrow when you see something mm -hmm. you never saw before. And you're like, what the hell is that? Yeah. And that's what craft beer is all about. That's why there's. You go to the beer store and there's I don't know, seventy different craft yeah. brewers out there. There's a lot of them, yeah. and they feed off each other. It's so wonderful to see, and it's not. It is a consumer economy in that you have to consume beer, mm -hmm. but it's also with good heart and soul uh, to say that these small craft breweries who 
probably have the worst margins ever yeah. are willing to open up shop. I don't know if you've been to Port Moody, but there's there's these breweries right next door to each other. Mm. And it's not because they feel competitive. It's feeling more like this is family and this is how you grow and learn from each other. Yeah. And I don't know, it's just a special place, I think. Mm. Yeah. I, I think it, it comes with the, um, and it was something that, like it can be a content strategy as well because I'm thinking that the thing, the, the more you are leveraging um, unicity of things, like the more you're leveraging the fact that you're unique or your craft is unique and the more, and 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 you reach that by, by being the more um, authentic, right, into the things you do or the things you say or the things you craft, the more is it like true to you and from you and, and, and therefore unique well, the less you are in competition with all the rest. It is the more you just follow everybody and do the same thing that you're going to be mixed with other people and therefore create like a competition. But the more you tap into like this unique creativity, whether there is in this craft or like other things, the more you set yourself apart and nobody can, because nobody can, can compete. Uh, Steve Piper making beers Nobody can make a better beer than you the way you do it, with the way you want to do it. Um, not better, but nobody will make the same. Bingo. Yeah. Nobody will make the same beer. And if you think about how many how many people on the planet? Seven billion-ish right now. Imagine if they all made beer. No, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but if you think about your podcast and this whole idea... Of, of being curious and your unique factor mm-hmm. man imagine the how creative we would the whole world would be and it sounds a little foofy but honestly it sounds foofy because we're so afraid to try it yeah. we're so afraid of who we are mm-hmm. on the inside yeah. to recognize that your uniqueness I don't care what it's if it's you know making beer or podcasts or what if you tap into that if everyone could tap into something and just and just recognize that it's one in 400 trillion chance that they even exist okay like they even are born yeah and then they have something unique about them that makes them totally different from seven billion people i think we'd probably be I don't know. I think we'd probably be better off if you could just sit back and just even just just contemplate it. Yeah. And then you might not be as afraid to try that thing that you say everyone says, "Oh, I that sounds cool that you're doing that, but I could never do that." Maybe not, but you can do something else and you should recognize, "Oh, that's what that's what Robin's doing. I'm doing my craft beer thing." Mm. At least try. At least be yeah. curious. And I think that's the wonderful thing about your podcast is that even though you put me on after an astrophysicist with just nothing but knowledge and wisdom, uh, I still feel special, you know, like it's totally different. But that's, that's the principle as well of, of this thing is that I'll be, I want to like jump with people that are totally different with different background and like mix, have a mix of, of all sorts of people because it literally to showcase and, and highlight this thing that we're talking about, that everybody's unique and people might not even know. But if you start talking about a subject to somebody that that thinks he doesn't have like a 
relevant point, point of view or whatever. And then actually deep inside, there is a voice of like, no, I'm not. I don't agree with this. I mm. agree with this. I think that this is my perspective. And, and, and it's to help also owning this because at the end of the day like you say it's the fear but like nothing will happen like if you start telling what you think it's just a little scary at the beginning because also anybody can see these things but like when you're you're just like true in your your behaviors the world like aligns with with uh with you that's the only thing that happens but again it's an ego thing a fear thing mm -hmm. because you will start losing things because you start like shaping things like I cannot tell you like the day I, I posted that first video where, where I'm yelling like a madman on the lake. Yeah. I felt like uh, there's been like initially you have something where like everybody's just like step back, you know, what is going on? Like Robin is crazy or that kind of thing. Like, but I felt like, but again, I'm following, I'm someone who follows the intuition and the things. And, and in the moment I felt like this call to do something regardless of what it was i did it i filmed it <laughs> and i put it out and i know that regardless what's gonna what's gonna make what's gonna make it what's gonna happen with that regardless of it i know that it's true to myself and i'm sharing it and then whatever is going to be the the, the the outcome of it and that, that goes back to your episode with the guy the steve or the other steve the i'm the second steve Yeah. Uh, talking about vulnerability. Yeah. And this idea, I was talking to a friend of mine about vulnerability the other day. And man, our time here is so short in the grand mm. scheme of things. And you have such a, such a creative, unique passion about you. Everyone does. If you could just be a little bit vulnerable to certain situations, might you actually grow from that might you oh, actually yeah. you know you know be you doing the the yelling thing i mean i was like what is he doing <laughs> um, yeah no but, but for sure in, in that moment i didn't care because that's <laughs> you doing you yeah you know that's why i love to see that you know i i just i think that 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 is so important and that's such key <laughs> is that you need you you yeah. need to do those things and there's no when it comes to that when it comes right down to it there is no right or wrong mm. there is no um i'm going to be judged for this there is no uh i didn't i didn't have this uh um you know i wasn't taught to do this that kind of thing man who fucking cares on your deathbed yeah. when you're, you're the last thing you hopefully you're not looking at me but, <laughs> but the last person you look at i heard this the other day i don't know where i heard it from it's probably something i was watching which is sad but Uh, they said the the number one thing that this person thought of, which I thought was so creative, on their deathbed. What do what do you say to someone is to your loved one that's the right in front of you? You know what the person said? Yeah. Said I'm gonna look them straight in the eyes. I don't know. I'm terrible at paraphrasing, yeah. but this and look them straight in the eyes and basically go. This is gonna happen to you too. Mm -hmm, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, this oh, isn't yeah. just me. 100. This will also happen to you. Mm -hmm. So let this be a reminder. You're staring at a real life person who's about to die. Yeah. That you need to go and live mm -hmm. and be vulnerable and scream or whatever the fuck makes you happy. Yeah. Now, obviously, 
there's context that matters. Always context matters. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can't go streaking. Oh, you could, you could probably do it. Yeah, you yeah. But if that's what's going to give you purpose and mm. fill your soul, regardless of what your background is, man, that, that's, where, that's where this came in. Like, just try it. Just be willing to fail uh, and know that your time here is short and that if you're not willing to match your your external vulnerability with your internal vulnerability you're not it's not going to be a good ride for you yeah you know like you're not gonna i think you could enjoy it more um and that's that to me is what what truth really is is how how closely does your external reality match your internal reality because what you see is true could be totally different from what i see is true yeah and as long as i'm sort of sort of aiming at okay well somewhere in there is is the, okay that's the real world out there and then on the inside that's how i actually feel and they're pretty close together uh, i think i think that's yeah oh yeah yeah and somehow making beer just uh <laughs> this is, circles back to your question there's <laughs> there's a yeah and and there's something um i don't know i don't remember where i heard that but like people everybody has like three life you have your secret life the thing that you're the only one who knows the thing is that like you've never shared anybody this can be like intrusive thoughts it can be things that you do that no one knows and you will never tell anybody mm -hmm. then you have your private life the thing that you share with like close friends partner family kind of and then you have your public life which are like, your social media how you you portray yourself to others And this is exactly what you, you you're you're talking about. That the more the more all of this is blending into one, the more you're true, the more you're authentic. Mm. And the more these are really apart and in your secret life or private life you're somebody totally different than, than your public life, uh, this is where you're 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 playing right roles. Even though we, we always We always uh, like to see. We always like change masks, right, in, into different like events or different social um, interaction. People are we're just like changing masks and we're wearing different masks into different situations. But but these things, if you can try somehow to 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 be the same, to be yourself, how are you going to be by yourself, or how are you going to be in a crowd or in a social event? The more you're blend blending all that, this is when you know. Um, that you're the more uh, authentic. But if mm. you're a complete different person in public than you are with your, your, you know, you're like by yourself, this is where you know that like big disconnection is, is usually yeah. not really. Yeah, and I would add to that, which is uh, you know, it's, it's beautifully said, is that uh, what I see is that it seems to be a little bit in reverse uh, i shouldn't say a little bit it seems to be in reverse so your 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 persona of what you show the other people in your life your your public perception is now informing who you are internally mm -hmm. you know what i mean so so the way you look feel sound dress what well, i don't care whatever whatever you uh post is not your real life that's what you want everybody to see mm-hmm And I think as a whole, as a culture, we're so wrapped up in what we want to appear to be that we actually reverse engineer our internal lives to think that's the way I am. 
and that's what defines me. And I find that to be extremely sad to lose what you had as a four-year-old child who enjoyed play and, and just weird shit as a four-year-old, eating dirt, yeah. you know? Uh, that Now it's more about, okay, my, my external reality informs my internal reality. And I just don't, I just, I don't think that should mm. ever be the case. It should be mm. the other way around. I am tolerant and acceptance of everyone around me. And I appreciate that you come from a lived experience and that I'll never get to see your, your secret life or probably not your private life, mm. but you're willing to show me these parts of your life. Yeah. And I, I'm grateful for that. But I know that you don't, you're not defined by your blue shirt, mm. you know? And I feel like, <laughs> yeah. man, it is a, it is kind of like a, a, a teeter-totter effect of what I see these days where people want to appear a certain way, okay, on the outside. Mm. And they believe that to be so who they are, they actually, that's not even, it's so far from who they actually are on the inside, yeah. but because they feel so... Uh, what is what is I'm looking at? like the the external person wants to be so right in who they are they they completely lose that four year old child on the inside that ate dirt or yeah. you know, did something crazy only to have a certain uh, appearance or or lifestyle I don't know it, it just seems like it's in reverse yeah that that I think that makes sense for for two reasons and, and first of all there's the this fabulous quote. And I love quotes, but that I forgot who who said this, but it's exactly what you said. Who says, um, ah, fuck, I forgot who who's the guy, but anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll put it. Who says, I am not who I think I am. I am not who you think I am. I am who I think you think I am. And it's the, the same thing yeah. is like, I have this image in my mind of how Steve is Steve Piper is yeah. seeing Robin Martin, so I'm gonna like act in this way that you totally. You see. And then, but the thing is, like, we're, we're literally educating this way, right? We're educating to look for external guidance because it's normal when you're four years old, like you said, you're eating fucking dirt, so <laughs> like you need an adult to tell you, no, don't do this, do this, do that. And so, we we grow up like looking for, can I do this? Is, is this good? Can I go to the bathroom? Uh, <laughs> rate me. Like yes. An external person is rating, rate me on, on who I am, on what I know. And then if when you become an adult, you don't, you don't build the capacity to, to snap out of it. Okay. Like this was because I needed to get a little bit of education. Now I understand that I don't need external validation. I don't need somebody that's going to, Uh, tell me, yes, Robin, you can go in the mountain and yell uh, because otherwise I'll never do. And this mm. changed my life completely, mm. you know, and, and, but never, nobody would have told me to do this. It would be the opposite. People would have just, no, don't do this. Don't make noise. What is this? We don't, we don't yell. We don't do that thing. So like it's, it would be the opposite of what I would have felt inside, but It's, it's like responsibility of the adult at some point, but, but it yeah, helps. Yeah, I, I mean, I just, I, I, I don't know. I, uh, man, I have so much to add that you're just, you're just, <laughs> you're just making me like go off here because you're <laughs> totally right. Uh, external, we've talked about external validation many times and, and this idea that, that we're not good enough unless, unless, unless somebody else thinks so. 
and uh that that's yeah. you know i i i i don't want to get on to like uh what would it be like podcast pontification you know like <laughs> i don't want to do that um but here we are pontificating about <laughs> about how to how, you know what is the best way to be a human well just fucking do it don't you don't you don't you don't need permission to be a human and yeah. uh man it's the reason why we're talking about this is because how we live right now is so fucked up <laughs> yeah. that we could actually spend three hours talking about how to be a human. <laughs> yeah. I think on one of your podcasts, you were talking about grounding. And I was like, grounding? What's that? And I had to look into it. And, you know, I listened mm -hmm. to what you had to say. And I thought it was very important. And then I thought, so I was thinking about it. I thought, oh, oh, so these are just instructions on how to be a human. Like, do we really? We're at the point now where we actually need instructions on how to be a human. Mm-hmm. And, uh, man, I don't know if, if the, the closer you get to a four year old child, just watch them, just watch how, watch what they do. They're, they're the ones watching us. They're the mm. ones that are the sponges. Every time you pick up your phone, your, 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 even your infant is, is doing what's called quorum learning where they're, they're watching you do that. And they think that that's what they're supposed to do. Mm. No, man, we got it wrong. We need to pay attention to the kids. What they're doing yeah. is we, you know, it's sad that, that uh, we live in a world where that's not profitable. Uh, but imagine if it was. Phew. We would, ha you know, we'd mm. probably have a bunch of hippies and... No, I'm kidding. Uh, there's, not, uh, there's nothing wrong with hippies. Um, <laughs> but we wouldn't be talking about this. Yeah. We, we would be laughing and I just think it's sad. Yeah. I just think... I just think uh, there are lots of people out there who are so afraid of themselves and are so afraid that they're unlovable that uh, they would never scream on top of a mountain or or uh, try beer or you know making beer or what you know whatever. Um, it's it's they would rather spend the time watching someone else do it. Which is why I think pro sports is so, you know, not to go like a totally different direction. But yeah, no, but yeah, pro totally. sports is 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 watching somebody who's so highly gifted at their craft that you're willing to pay a lot of money to see them do their thing, mm. and they would do it for free. Mm. And I just think that it's you know we have all we all have that unique factor in us that gifted ability, um, but if you're not willing to ask those questions internally and like fail at a lot of things aka yeah. making beer or screaming on no i'm just screaming that's so good i like it uh, no but yeah it's like do you really, scream different ways when you like, i i do like yeah depending on the there's moment basically how two, you feel there's two things there's um we can we can talk about it after because i have like a whole process but um but i basically do two things i either do either say something which is usually let's go or i i make just a noise um that is not that doesn't mean anything it's just i can yeah expressing yeah, no, yeah. the the this, i think this, it would be i think i think it would be um cliche if it was like grounding you know like if there was rules that you had to follow like you must scream for uh a minute and a half and then you must um use this tone of voice to scream and it must be this intent no just fucking do it exactly the goal is that the goal is to not overthink it well, well yeah. the, the first thing is um 
Because I like I did the first time I did it, it was like not prepared. I didn't know I was gonna do it. It was completely instinctive. And <laughs> and uh, uh, then I was like, holy shit! Like it, it felt insane. And and I started to make a little bit of research about it. And like, yes, you get some endorphin about this. You you um, there there are like it's a little bit used, but like it's very dark. Like there's not much stuff around it. And I was like, fuck, like uh, I might be onto something. And then I started to like do it in different configuration and with like a little bit of a, a mental preparation before because the, the the goal is to there's 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 different things. There, there's two main things. The first thing is you take something from the inside and you generate the most uh the most amount of like force and you bring it outside and it sounds so it's 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 something that you create that comes from inside with your, your breathing which is life force and it's you are creating this vibration that then go out there and vibrates with everything that's 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 the 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 first thing it's like like i'm here mm -hmm. i'm here and i'm telling you that i'm fucking here mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that's the first thing and why it helps is because like in in my personal thing is that i i blocked myself for years with this i, I kind of like silenced myself uh for for years about like because uh, I had like this big fear of what we're talking about of like expressing myself mm -hmm. of giving my perspective my opinion by fear of being seen and, and judged and, and and this literally like completely from the first time like crushed this fear so that was first and foremost mm -hmm. like I won't be silenced like nobody were silencing me it was myself but it's telling yourself it's like liberating yourself and that thing from the inside and then you resonate with the word and and the second thing is i do something that is not like necessarily like uh, socially accepted or socially it's not it's something that's unfamiliar mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's something that like jolts you yeah, yeah. What, what 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 the hell is happening yeah and this by doing this it helps you with that same thing of like being yourself like expressing and understanding that it doesn't really matter nobody gives a fuck so you can be this in french we call that the coup de pied dans la fourmilière it's like kicking the 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 ant a nest mm -hmm. <laughs> which means literal when, translation <laughs> doesn't work that well yeah. kicking the ant like you know an ant nest yeah yeah well yeah. we'll say when, when you do something that's like uh um not necessarily inappropriate but when you make some noise in in not mostly in the like figurative way when you say something that is very maybe like inappropriate or very different from your environment i don't know if that makes sense it's like you're the elephant in the room anyway and so that aspect uh is is make you again like like the cultural thing make you realize Oh shit! I can not follow the rule. I can do something that's completely unfamiliar, mm -hmm. unheard of. Nobody here maybe has done it. I can do it, and what is happening to me? Nothing. Nobody's like really gonna come to me and say, "Robin, you can't do this." Nothing really bad is happening to me, but me for myself 
in my brain the amount of expansion that it does. Like, wait a minute, you're telling me that I can do things that are not necessarily familiar and like and it's going to open the, 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 the way for like all the things It's going to free myself it's going to liberate myself it's going to make me understand that it doesn't really matter that I can do anything that I, that I want and, and it's totally fine and this is like mm. mind fucking blowing yeah yeah totally you know <laughs> uh, I, man I don't even know what to say that. <laughs> uh, just say the ant nest kicking thing again so so Kicking the ant nest. No, no, don't nest. say it in don't say it in English. Uh, Just say it in coup de pied dans la fourmilière. Oh yeah, that that makes me yeah, that's <laughs> that's it right there. And, and I, man, I think that uh, I think that things that you create or you you know that's the same as trying a recipe you've never tried before. Mm. It's just on a different scale, and I mean this just goes back to this idea that. We're so afraid of ourselves that uh, we don't even know where to start. Yeah. You know, like just try something. And I get that same feeling whenever I try something I didn't think I was quite entirely capable of doing. And that, that I mean, that's a perfect dovetail right back into beer is that when you create something and you had no idea you could even do that. Mm-hmm. You know, like, uh, so many things come to mind. Um, yeah. A female birthing a, another human being is incredible. Like, how could you, how is that even physically possible? Yeah. And yet it is, right? And, and I just think that uh, listening to you talk, you know, finding your thing, whatever it is, mm-hmm. is what, probably what we're missing a lot of us you know yeah. we're so caught up in in uh, how we're supposed to behave or how we're taught to behave that we lose that spark inside might yeah. not be you know the kicking the ant nest thing which I would love to try to say in French but I won't <laughs> uh, that's what we need to be doing all of us yeah and it might not You might you might fail, and you will. You, you should. You know, you 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 might get into trouble. <laughs> yeah. For, for for something, I, I don't know. Like you you that might not work for you, but at least yeah. you could say I tried that thing. That I decided to do. Man, I'm just it's it's so inspiring to watch people try the thing that they very well know that they probably shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. You know. <laughs> Uh, yeah. And I'm not saying the outcome's going to be good. <clears throat> you, you might get hurt. Mm-hmm. You, you might, I, I'm sad to say it might not, you know, it might be the end for you, but at least you, you went out doing, you know, it goes back to what are you going to say on your, uh, to your yeah. loved one when you're facing death, you're going to say, Hey, uh, make sure you don't try that screaming thing that didn't go well for me yeah that's not what you're gonna say yeah yeah this is i think it's like the it's the starting point Uh, we lost touch because in this modern society we're not like our life is not a risk every day Mm -hmm. or it can be but we're not aware of it right our our subconscious mind like makes us take for granted the next like five minutes five weeks five years mm-hmm. we think we're gonna mm-hmm. leave and we forget that we we might die like it comes down to the uh 
the Stoics, like, they already knew all that shit. And there's, like, this famous line of memento mori, remember you're going to die. And it's something that everybody should. Like, you should get up in the morning. Like, you open your eyes, you're back into this, this back into the game. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. you should be like, okay, like, yes, I, I like, I remember that I, this day might be the last. And it might sound, sometimes I say this to, to Jenna often, like, she, and... And, and it's like it might sound like a little extreme. It's like people can laugh about it, but dude, no. And and I've had the the, I mean, I've seen uh, people and I've had like two times in my in growing up, like people my age, like dying and 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 so it's like I I am very in touch with this because I've I've felt it and I've seen it. Mm -hmm. And when you see your great grandparent or your grandparent dying, like it's like. It is sad, and we're and and but it's the cycle of life, and it's mm -hmm. normal. But when you see somebody that is like fucking 10, 11 years old, and that dies, and then mm -hmm. somebody that's like twenty five, twenty six, and that dies, and like it makes you, it makes you a slap of, back in the reality of like, okay, like it is, it is not a joke that today might be your last. It makes people laugh today. Yeah, it's like like oh like no, but yeah. it's not a fucking joke. Mm -hmm. No, and then this, when you truly realize this, this is where you, you, yeah, you're gonna be able like, what the fuck do I care that somebody's gonna say anything if I, if I, I know, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, this is the first and thing. It, it reminds me like, so if that's the case, like how fucking intensely do you brush your teeth? Like do you just like, oh, it's my last year. I'm just gonna get over. Uh, no, no, but you you at least appreciate that, you know? Yeah, like, it's not. You know, there's so many silent killers out there now that you're never going to know of until down the road. And yeah. you, you could try to aspire to lead just um, the most amazing life. And still, it's it's going to, the silent killer will get you. And uh, oh, yeah. you don't, yeah, man, I don't know. It's, a, it's like, obviously, you live in the moment. And that doesn't mean you don't have RSPs and you don't, um, mm. plan for future because our time here is short, but it's not that short. Mm. And, uh, I just think that as you get older in life, things will get taken from you, whether you like it or not. And you don't know that until it actually starts happening to you. Mm. You can see it happen around you. You can mm. see your other friends lose loved ones or whatever, but it's all good until it happens to you. Mm. And when those things start getting taken from you, you start to realize that those moments that you shared with that person or wh whatever was taken from you uh, were far more important than you actually gave credit to. And does that mean you need to be Captain Intensity your whole life? No, just have an appreciation of it, mm -hmm. you know? And that when you see someone, tell them you love them and give them a hug and, mm -hmm. and, and just be a fucking human, you know? Yeah. Like, you so time here is short. Uh, do you need to brush your teeth with, like, the last day? Of, like, how would you brush your teeth the last day of your life? What would you do? I would wouldn't you spend brush, extra time? Uh, the last day of say, my life, it? I wouldn't brush You'd my say, no, teeth. I don't, I wouldn't I'm not lose a, a second brush. It's like a rule, eh? You've been taught to brush your teeth for good hygiene. And yeah. You know what? Today's my last day. Fuck it. I'm not doing it. <laughs> yeah. But then what if tomorrow came? And then you're like, oh, shit, I didn't brush my teeth yesterday. I guess you'll survive. 
Will you? I don't know. You talk to lots of dentists and dental hygienists, and I don't know, man. They, they're pretty yeah. adamant. No, I'm, I'm, I'm just joking. Uh, <laughs> Make sure I, I you... just think like there's, there's the small moments of your life that seem mundane. Yeah, ask a person who's dying. Yeah, and they'll tell you that those moments matter so much to them that they would never trade it for anything, because they, they know. Well, I mean, we're all dying, but some are going quicker than others. Yeah. You ask someone who's been given three months to live, whether they they take pride in brushing their teeth, I bet you they do, mm-hmm. because it means they're alive. Yeah. And if we all, you know, if we could all just appreciate that a little bit, I think we'd probably be better off in in recognizing that death is, uh, it's sad, of course, but it's it's also human. Like it's yeah. it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, and I say that losing some very close people to me, and it's tragic and sad but that is what makes you recognize how grateful you should actually be that you can scream on top of a mountain and do mm. the things that you want to do you know yeah. like go do those things make beer make shitty beer mm. make better beer the next time we're out of beer too yeah um we're gonna need a, a refill but i was just gonna say um what was I going to say? Yeah, no, it's, it's, yeah, I was going to say, can you imagine if we were, I think it's, if we were to leave forever, mm. uh, I bet there would be like way more actual, actual like suicide and, and way more crazy shit going on because can you imagine like tomorrow we're able to leave even not, not forever, but even like a thousand years by example, like it, it would be, I think it would make life way more complicated because um, if we're like, like I think the, 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 the general life expense would be like around 80, 80, 85. Like if you take like the, the median like worldwide or something like that, like you said, it's tricky because it's, it's, it's long enough to be like, okay, I need, I still need to be like kind of safe, but it's short enough to, to, to take your chances on, on, on those little things. And if we were to leave like way more than that, we would lose that, that, that aspect of, because the fi- that finite aspect aspect is, is what makes it, um, interesting and, and valuable, right? It's like when you play poker with fake money, who gives a shit? Nobody. Right. But when there's your money on the table, skin in the game. Uh, and I, I just, I totally think, I mean, we could, talk for a long time about this because i think what <laughs> yeah. you're actually getting into now in my opinion is is where is where religion comes in and and uh oh, spirituality yeah. mm-hmm. where where uh, i've had a lot of conversations with people about what happens after you die mm-hmm. what happens to your soul and and it's a very interesting conversation uh and for me it's it's almost a moot point of you know what i don't fucking care this 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 life is hard enough as it is i wanted to live this one and do uh hopefully the best that i can in make my mistakes and all the things and not worry about tomorrow because if i did that i might not you know i might be less risky or i might be more jaded guarded jaded Mm -hmm. whatever about about doing something that is well outside of my comfort zone because there could be another chance some other time down the road I, I don't know, oh, man. That's never that's never resonated with me, 
in the idea that I could save it for tomorrow. I mean, my bank account says no. <laughs> uh, no, uh, I just mean that it's a it's a yeah. very deep philosophical conversation uh, to say that you know, even if you're not here tomorrow, you you will be your soul and your energy will carry on. Yes, okay, that's great, but I don't want to focus on that. I don't want to yeah. lose sight of you sitting in front of me right now, the real Robin, you know, mm. like, I don't want to lose that. Yeah, it, it's, well, I mean, like, religion, spirituality, like, it's it's a big, uh, it's a big subject. One, one thing, um, so, like, what, what you're saying is that, because, right, we, we carry, and it's something I was, because, uh, like, recently was the... The, the birthday of one of my uh, best friend who died from cancer um, and I was writing uh, like you're the loved one that you lose uh, you never really you never you never lose we don't lose people they move on to the next stage that is kind of blurry exactly on what what's happening there's plenty of different theories there are also plenty of different like um a testimonial of like NDE like near death experience of what what people went through and stuff like that are like fucking mind blowing and and anyway but it's just that like if you can if you can and I think it spirituality is about that if you you're able to to grow into your consciousness to look at things and and really detach for a second and see that your life is is such a small thing in in this big aspect in this on this planet on on humanity and on, and on stuff and that the people that you lose they went on to the next step before you but rest assured that like this person said in the the, the deathbed like we will get there too mm -hmm. and what i was writing is that you, you, there's when you look at the the the, the probability of being alive <laughs> the probability that you and, and me are here talking, mm -hmm. understanding each other mm -hmm. after billion years of this universe, billion years of this earth, hundreds of thousands of years of humanity, and what all these people went through, all our ancestors went through and survived and had us as a kid and that we today talk about this fact and have the consciousness to be able to look at all these things like no it's 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 unlikely it doesn't it there's zero probability like the fact that you have a, a life it doesn't happen it's zero mm. the fact that you're but the fact the fact that we will die will end it's a hundred percent and so like the way i see it now is like yes it's it's fucking sad but i'm gonna die too like i'm getting there and it's such a small piece out of that whole thing and this is where spirituality comes in where where this this spiritual theory where you we are a soul that has a human experience and the physical death is is not uh the end of your consciousness and this whole theory is, is that consciousness is the drive that creates then um everything and and we're linked by the silver cord to this human body and what is interesting to see is that now like science kind of like there's some gray area and, and catch up with uh with spirituality and and when you know and and look a little bit into quantum physics and and when you look at the the, the the atomic or subatomic level what's happening with in this world mm -hmm. 
Like it's absolutely mind-blowing. It's incredible. Like nothing, we live in a world where nothing is actually what it looks. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, like, I, yeah I think we need to consult the astrophysicist <laughs> on this because she, she uh, what I would say also is that science and spirituality are two totally different things. And relying mm. on science to explain spirituality or vice versa is not fair. That's apples and oranges. Mm. Using science as a method and a process is cool, and I love it, and it's definitely part of me. But also tapping into uh, spirituality where there are some things, there are some mysteries out there that we are better not knowing. And, and we live understanding that this is a mystery you are far better off that way. Because what if we had an answer to what you're talking about, the unexplainable, the what happens after you leave your physical body? Would we be satisfied with that? I doubt it. It would be on to the next thing. You know, that's just in our nature. You know, it's not good enough. That's where science steps in and tries to rationalize things. And it's just not fair. You're asking something of a process to explain something that we don't have a fucking clue. We can't even wrap our heads around it. And, and when I say that, that's with all due respect to how powerful your mind is. Your mind is infinitely greater than this entire universe. And there's how many of us living here? And each one of us has this mind or a mind. Mm. And, we don't, and we want science to explain that? That's not going to happen. Mm. Stop relying on science to, to, to explain what happens. Just accept that there are mysteries in the world. You know, the, 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 the Google kind of ruined us. I mm. think, well, I shouldn't say that. I, I wouldn't say ruined us, but it added so much to our lives. And yet mm. to have a mystery, to leave it a mystery and to wonder about why certain things are the way they are, to have even this conversation, I wonder why that is. Mm. Wouldn't that be better than say, I have the answer to everything? Yeah. I don't know. I, I think it's way better to understand spirituality as something that's never going to be explained by anyone. Mm -hmm. And I would love for that to stay a mystery. And that, and that, that what you're talking about, the uh, people who have gone before us is a very uh, 10,000 foot view. Yeah. And then you zoom in onto us and all of a sudden it becomes a microcosm of just so many random shit random happenings to, for us to even be here tonight mm -hmm. talking about this and they zoom out and you're like wow that's the greatest mystery of all is life that's a mystery how how we actually make our way through life is incredible mm -hmm. and there is no explaining that there never will be and but yet we're so curious and humans need to have the answer mm -hmm. no <laughs> you don't need the answer you just need to enjoy yeah. it yeah. like sit back relax, have a beer and just enjoy mm. what you're experiencing because it is random <laughs> and unexplainable yeah. by a process. Mm -hmm. And that is what is beautiful about life and death is that it's all wrapped up into this neat thing we call our experience over time. Mm. And uh, man, I just think that if we could just live a little bit more like that, have a little bit better mm. appreciation of that. We, as a whole, 
we'd probably be doing better as mm. a whole. And I mean, I don't mean better as in, um, I just feel like we're not passing the grade as human beings, myself, myself included, right? Mm. We all have our dark sides. Yeah. We all have our downsides, all the things. Uh, but just to have a small appreciation for that mystery that, that yeah. is like, okay, I can't explain this, but I'm just going to enjoy the ride. Yeah. Do, do you think, let's say in the hypothesis where, let's say death is not uh, the end of your consciousness, let's say when you die, you indeed separate with this physical body and you go into <laughs> another dimension mm -hmm. and it keeps going. Do you think if this would be common knowledge, uh, that's an interesting thing, do you think it would be more detrimental to the to humanity or... Humanity or me as an individual? Because uh, I think you're asking me, <laughs> yeah. not humanity. Uh, no, because you said... You I don't want to come back as a common housefly. Uh, but <laughs> that, all, joking, all joking aside, uh, I, th I think... Oh man, that's a tough question to answer. Mm -hmm. I think I think uh, am I necessarily concerned with my soul or energy continuing on after I leave this physical body? I kind of think that's an egotistical question. Mm. Meaning that my ego, of course, would want to live forever in in, it, in any way, shape, or form, whether it's metaphysical or otherwise. Um, but that's not where I'm at right now. So why wouldn't I want to just enjoy the body I'm attached to and the, mm -hmm. and the presence I'm in and, and all the things? Yeah. I don't know if that answers your question, but it's a, it's a tough question to answer, man. I didn't know you were going to get into this kind of shit. Like, this is intense. I thought we were just going to have some beer. And be like, yeah, this beer tastes shitty. This one's good. Uh, we'll just call it, it a day. <laughs> no, but what you're saying, where you, you basically, the way I understand it, what you're, you're saying is that you don't want to like let your mind wander too much into this because you think it's more important to be present here so like that that that's that's a good answer well, isn't that like, where fear a... comes from is the unknown if you're gonna if lot, you're gonna yeah. talk if you're gonna if you're gonna think a lot about what your future is gonna bring you're not gonna have the answer yeah and so then you're gonna live in some realm of unknown and that's where fear starts to percolate is is in that realm and and i i, I everyone has it uh and mm -hmm. and people on their deathbed i've uh, my best friend had some interesting things to say in his dying days that i was fortunate enough to spend with him um about how he thought about that you know and and it was complete 360 from the man that i thought i knew you don't really know anybody when was that know? this is uh 2017 2017 so, so what did he tell you oh just just the way he looked at his life mm. the person i thought i knew from from being my best friend and the experiences mm. we had shared together were completely different from him being so afraid of losing his family and who's mm. going to look after his family and and uh we never talked like that when he was not dying as quickly as he was yeah right suddenly the context changes so to say that i would never um i shouldn't say never 
be very careful about saying never mm. and always. Uh, I would say that it's, like I said earlier, it's all good until it happens to you. And perhaps if my process of dying uh, was speeding up, like tomorrow, and I saw you, I would say, oh, remember that thing I said on the podcast? That was bullshit. I actually yeah. believe in this. Of course. And I didn't know that until I was close to death. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it would be wonderful to get that perspective from from my best friend now. But again, you have to live in the moment, man. You, know, you mm-hmm. don't get those chances. You don't have those conversations. You should start. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes people just think it's too intense or whatever, but... I don't know, man. You don't get those. You don't. You don't get second chances. No. Not when it comes to that kind of stuff. It's not too intense. It's just that it's taboo, right? Like yeah. death is is, is a. It's why we don't talk about it because yeah. there's grief. Because it's yeah. like we don't want to talk about this. But what you're saying is like you're touching the point of like you. I don't think you you really know somebody until you're like with them in adversity, right? Like in a big mm. shitty situation. Mm. Yeah. This is w- what reveals character and things like how you handle like <laughs> really bad stuff. Mm. Not like when you're enjoying your life, like yeah, I'll be here. I'm gonna do this, and now tomorrow. I mean, an accident and I lose one leg. Like, how am I gonna continue live this life? How am I gonna show up? Yeah. And I or or like all the things I don't want to like speak things into existence. What happens uh, to people every day? But and they but find a way. Yeah, exactly. And then yeah, it's when it's so obvious to me that it's sometimes I I can't I I don't understand that anymore and i'm trying to think before how i was thinking before being really in tune with that that final aspect and that i'm going to die and it's it's fine it's i i uh, like fully integrated it and it's like it's so obvious to me that like literally every morning when i get up i'm like fuck i'm like yes i'm back in the game let's go (laughs) you know what i mean like it's literally this i was like uh, yeah yeah um, yeah yeah that that but this is how you you will like leave life to the your f- kind of almost full potential or, or with a way bigger potential than than if you're you're fearful but i think i think this asks for uh, man i did not a, know a we were second, getting into this like second, this is, uh, yeah i thought you did I that with the astrophysicist and she did a good job well, <laughs> i was like okay we're gonna drink beer and have fun uh, we're gonna talk like about a, death and yeah that's yeah pff, man that's the good stuff uh i did not know a hazy ipa could do that but i'm i'm quite happy that it did yeah are we trying a second one yeah totally yeah. so what do we have now the second one yeah so this one is uh is definitely creation um i like that yeah this this one is is well out of my comfort zone for making beer um i have a uh, you see a lot of craft beers with fruit in it now um and so i didn't want (laughs) to take the easy road and just dump some extract in there uh usually what they do is is they'll dump uh um like raspberry you've had these raspberry beers i'm assuming Mm. um or blackberry something like that no 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 not for not for steve and nick they want (laughs) to they want to do it the hard way and uh so in talking to a close friend of mine uh who who uh i hope she can say that i'm a close friend uh she she farms elderberry oh and so elder 
Elder Elder Barry, like the older Barry, but the wiser one, Elder Barry. (laughs) (laughs) Is that an actual thing? Uh, It's kind of like Ant Kicking Hill thing. Hmm. Yeah, it's like an English expression. No, no, I'm kidding. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, Elder Barry. um, I can't tell you a lot about the fruit itself. I just know that no one's made any Elderberry beer before. So just Mm. like we were talking, that was my, maybe I should try that. Uh, And uh, so with making beer with fruit, obviously there's a fermentation process that happens with beer. When you add fruit, it adds another complexity because fruit has naturally occurring sugars in it. Mm -hmm. And so you have to ferment the beer first and then... Uh, this is the way I did it anyway. I added the fruit. I, I poured the, the seven-day fermentation um, on top of the pureed elderberries. And I smoked the elderberries first, thinking that would give it a, a, a smoky flavor, uh, which you'll be able to judge for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, it needs work, is, is what I would say. Mm-hmm. Is that uh, There's a few things I want to change, but uh, yeah, just give it a try. Um, other than to say it was poured on top of fruit and it was, it, it's the base is an IPA. So this is India Pale Ale. Uh, and it's got a definitely different flavor to it. I was expecting a stronger flavor. Than that. Well, I think elderberries are not, uh, think of like... Um, not in a bad way. No, I, I get what you're saying though. To me, it's got a bitter after flavor, and and fruit can often have bitter bitterness after. Yeah. Like a, you think about a rind for an orange, or, mm-hmm. or an orange peel yeah. has a, has a bitterness to it. That that's that's um, that's what I get. And so that's not a bad thing in beer. Uh, it just needs to be refined. It needs to be, in my opinion, it needs to be a bit more uh, peppery. If, mm. that, if that's the thing. Um, and I can see that going really well with a with a chocolate porter, uh, like a win- you know the winter beers that are dark and heavy, mm-hmm. um, having an elderberry flavor to it. Yeah, would would be incredible in my opinion. But that doesn't mean I'm not uh, throwing away the IPA recipe. It just needs a bit of fine tuning with what kind of hops and yeast to use. Yeah, I I think I'm more the kind of like the previous one, but. I don't find it extremely more bitter than the first one, though. Like I, I find, kind of almost on the same. But I, I get what you mean by the, the smoked. Uh, or yeah, oak. I wouldn't do that again. I, I don't think. <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't think it adds anything mm. uh, except to say that I have many leather-bound books and I smoke elderberry. You know, <laughs> like it's it's just a thing. I don't think it yeah. actually. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, my my brewing partner Nick. Uh, his concern, which is a valid one, um, is is putting raw fruit into mm-hmm. into beer. You know, um, there's there's certain tannins in there that I I can't remember what he called it, but uh, to smoke it would be to cook it, mm. to cook the fruit. Mm-hmm. Um, so the next time when we make this batch, we're gonna actually put the elderberry in the boil, so let it boil with the with the grains and the hops. Mm. And that way, the other problem we face with this is that when you put pureed elderberry in there, um, 
there's seeds in there and the seeds get stuck in the line and that's mm-hmm. why you only got this much because uh, most of it is coming out as foam rather than beer and you have to let the you have to let the head kind of settle to actually get some beer out of it and I think that's mostly because the seeds get stuck in the line and you can't actually pour the the beer part of it right um, but these are just things that you know you learn as you go yeah oh, you yeah. make mistakes you can't and go over these anyway. yeah it's I mean to me it's still a sessionable beer that I can drink and it's got some really interesting flavors to mm-hmm. it that uh, you're not finding that at the beer store. And these are these these are just the kind of mad science experiments that mm, yeah. that I, I like to do. Yeah. And the, the the satisfaction you get from like drinking this, even if it's like fucking terrible, which is not, because it's something it's that just you a created, notch above that. It's different than the, yeah. <laughs> no, it, it, it's it's good, but it's it's like there's there's different tastes between like having your own thing that you created yeah. that you made. Uh, that's the key. Rather than just like something you bought. Um, yeah, that's the key. That 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 I made that, and uh, yeah, it's it's something to learn from. Mm-hmm. And because if I bought it, uh, I wouldn't. I can read the I can read the ingredients, but yeah, I had no clue how to put that together. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, that's just totally. Uh, um, you so, can take some home with you. I got a canner. I can oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I would. It's a different I kind can of taste of the fruit. Sure. Yeah, you definitely can taste elderberry in there, mm-hmm. and the and color as well as. Oh, certainly the color is what. Um, you know what? In my opinion, and those I've showed this to, that's what everyone comments on. When I tell them, "Hey, this is an elderberry beer," uh, we have labels for all the like we have names for all the beer, uh, and this beer is called after the book. Uh, the world needs more purple people. And oh, so, yeah. Interesting. Purple uh, identifies, which I don't want to get into that, but uh, it's a curiosity. The purple people. Yeah. So pur- the idea, of, I think it was for a kids' book. Mm. Um, the world needs more pur- purple people, and with the idea that kids should be creative and curious and inquisitive mm. and and uh, seeking. Um, And so this is this is uh, Purple People IPA, which hmm. is a mouthful in itself. Uh, but the idea being that, yeah, we went out on a limb to create this to see if we could actually do it. And so the world definitely needs more Purple People. <laughs> and this is how we're going to do it. We're going to make them drink this beer. And tomorrow you will be magically more... No, I'm kidding. You're already creative enough. What was the name of the first one? Dogma IPA. Dogma? Dogma. Dogma. Yeah, Dog... As in dogma, like mm. a, a mother to dogs. Oh, okay. Um, the idea being that if you can't share a beer with your with your friends and connect over over a beer, which is <clears throat> you know what we feel strongly about, you can at least uh, have a beer with your, your best friend, which was a dog. And I've got mm. two of them, so very yeah. blessed that way. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Is I guess it's like funny how you. The process of like naming this your creation. Yeah, the first beer that came out was uh, that I made was an IPA, and I uh, I really liked it. And and everybody I give it to you know it's interesting when people taste beer your beer that mm-hmm. you made. I think there are automatic things like oh that's really good. You should yeah mm-hmm. you should make that again. I really like that, which is hard to tell. You know like are they just 
are they just pumping your tires or they actually like it because you you know it's your friend you don't you're trying to be encouraging and all the things it's rare that people are going to be like you know what you really need to work on this uh but the first beer i came out with that i made was an ipa and i had to come up with a name and a, a, a friend of mine who who actually just lives his life amazingly mm-hmm. uh he's a big time mountain biker and so in mountain biking there's a term uh that when you face plant and knock yourself out cold uh going over the top over the bars that's called a dirt nap so so i i asked him he said hey brian what do you think uh you, you got a name in mind for this ipa he said oh perfect just called dirt nap and he sent me this picture of a mountain biker face planting in the ground and it said dirt nap on the top and then underneath on the bottom it said i've got this Ah. so it worked really well with uh with the whole concept of you know doing something that you love to do and that you Mm -hmm. could end up face down taking a bit of a dirt nap interesting yeah I don't have any That's of that tonight, but uh, <laughs> when it's when it's when it's batched again, I'll I'll get you back and you can sure. hopefully don't take a dirt nap. <laughs> You've had some mountain biking experience. In fact, that's what brought you to me. True. That was. I've, I've are been... we allowed to talk about that? Are you okay if we talk? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that's, that's that's no, it's not the first time. I think, I, 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 think I came was. to you before no, for my leg. You, you were biking at Solar Star. I, w- I came for you for at least like three times for three different issues. The first one was when I fought my knee uh, because I was I was train I was doing the that thing where like the Bruce Lee thing or whatever like the martial thing when you're on your back and you make some kind of wave you kick and you get back on your leg. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah. I was doing this. Can a you lot. do that? I could. I couldn't do you it could? right now, but I could. Yeah. Was it hard? Like. Um, it's, I like trained it for like a few days and then I, I, could, I was able a to A few do days? It. Fuck off. Come on. It's all technique. It's all like like having, like being able to create like that. You're totally. That force by just like extending your hip, hips and kicking your legs and then getting your, it's a, literally exactly like the same process, almost like of the same principle of a, of a uh, bar muscle up, by example. But anyway, I, I did this. And I hit the ground with my heel and my leg extended, and my knee went the other way, oh, which right. fucked yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, like totally. this was the first thing I came to you because this was 2019 in the like the first fall, uh, and uh, job security for me. Yeah, that's the first yeah, time. Yeah. <laughs> the first time I came to you. Yeah. Uh, the mountain biking experience is because I couldn't raise my head. <laughs> so oh, what right. happened yeah, is sorry. that. Yeah. Yeah. Spend the day like this, yep. and I literally, I was like that. I couldn't raise my head. Cause you have a full helmet, fa- full face helmet on as well. And I was yeah. like, yeah, yeah. I could, and for like a week almost, I couldn't fucking raise my head, and I was like, yeah. So this another time, and I came to you for another thing as well, like a third thing. I came at least like two to two to three times, and then but the first time I came. Uh, uh, which I greatly appreciated is like you, you, you took me in without uh, charging me anything. Oh wait a minute! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. If we can talk about that. Uh, yeah. No, but it's because yeah, you no, had. I, th- you I think. Had, um, I think because. Yeah, I can cut it just out just to give some context to that. <laughs> uh, no, no, you don't have to cut it out. Um, 
yeah, I think what what you guys what you were doing at the time as a as a trainer um, when when I was in Toronto going to school, I was a trainer, and uh, man, life is not easy as a trainer. I know that I know that story, and you don't you don't have access to the people you need the most, which in my opinion is is uh, body mechanics. Basically, mm-hmm. you need a good body mechanic, uh, human body mechanic. And as a trainer, you're not afforded that opportunity. And yet you're the one who matters most in my world for the patients that I see. Because I can't spend that time with them. Mm-hmm. And nor, nor do I have your type of knowledge of, of, of how, how load matters. I have it from an injury perspective, but I don't have it from a... Uh, I mean, I have a performance perspective because I did that, but not to your, not to that level. Mm-hmm. And so I always thought that coming up, there was one chiropractor in Toronto that was always willing to help and always knowledgeable and just always willing to share with me as a trainer. Uh, and the best way to learn, I think, in my opinion, is by doing. And so for you to see me work on you, how much confidence does that instill in the person that gets injured doing X, Y, Z of things? You know, that, that, that just seems like a good fit. And, and why, would I, why would I try to profit off of someone who's going to help me grow immensely in my business? Uh, and you're, you're, you're probably, I would say, the least likely get injured because you were training at such a high level mm. injuries happen no, no no question about it but if you're if that's your world and you're loading your your connective tissues and muscle tissues and everything on a regular basis it's less likely to happen it's when you overload it and so learning to do the the bruce lee uh thing which the name escapes me what that move is but it's incredible um you're just asking your body to do things it's not ready to do and so inevitably you're going to end up loading tissue in an improper, not an improper, but overloading tissue. Mm-hmm. And so, man, why would I want to, why would I want to remove the go between of all these people I'm seeing? I wish there was more chance to connect with trainers because you guys, man, you have this world where people pay you to push them. Mm. that is a beautiful thing yeah. imagine going to see the chiropractor and he's like he or she is like all right well we're gonna do as many reps as possible <laughs> and you're like wait a minute my fuck i can't hold my neck up <laughs> what what do you want me to do <laughs> uh so, and yet you guys do it it's incredible right yeah i think it's it's knowing what to get out of the person in front of you that's your job, right? As as a, uh, when you were a trainer, your job was to see what someone could do before they could, and push them to that. Mm-hmm. And from the patients that I see, everyone needs a trainer. No one's that good. Yeah, no one. You look at the highest level of athletes which I've worked with; they all have trainers. Yeah, because they recognize that that's not their world. It's not their thing. They need someone to show them what their potential is in a squat or a deadlift or whatever whatever you want to call. You know, whatever you want to do, 
whatever human invention of movement you can come up with, you need someone to help you who's been there before and done it. And uh, that's that's where I thought, well, okay, this is a good opportunity. That's a good business opportunity too to, to grow my practice. Yeah. And I just saw trainers as a as a you know as a way at least to crack the door open of like, hey, I'm going to see all these patients that you're going to see too, and it helps your business to keep them in your in your in your world, not mine. I just thought it was natural fit. Yeah, it's just an extremely smart thing to do. Because it's when you... The thing is also when you can, right? Because I believe any kind of work is supposed to deserve salary. But but in this configuration, when you can afford it to not be paid by that thing, me, the impact was insane. Because first of all, I arrived here, I had like nothing in this first year. Was financially was pretty rough right <laughs> yeah i couldn't even i like i wouldn't have come if i had to pay it but to be to be honest so like this gesture from you did not make your business go under but for me it was massive help mm. and and it, then you then i remember mm. and then it's it's extremely likely and it's 100 percent that if then in that point somebody will ask me like oh I need a cowbell. Say like, go go to that person because of of this, and I mean then also because of how good you are in the thing. And if it would have been terrible, maybe I would have been oh, maybe that's why he didn't make me pay. Just but don't no, ask. Just, just don't ask for his beer. But but sometimes <laughs> you know like it's 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 that same thing we we're talking about like uh, this, this, this the fucking money, man. Like the money is is what drives everything. But sometimes like have the 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 openness to to bet on something and a little mm. gesture which might seems like a short term I lo- I lose whatever is the rate for one thing on a short term but on a long term I create this relationship I create this contact this trust I create I do that act that and I will get you you will you'll get back you'll benefit back from that in other ways right and and I don't know if you did, but you well, might, you I, might have. I been. would say that trust is the greatest monetary payment. Yeah. you know, to to have someone's trust, and it, especially in business, especially yeah. in the where we live, in a town of forty five thousand people, you you know that people will pay you for a service that they value if they trust you. Yeah, and and what I find in practice is that a lot of times people are. Uh, you know, a slave to the benefits plan that they have or some source of uh, income that's not actually theirs. Um, unless they unless they really have a good trust and a good relationship with who you are, because you're offering a service, me as a chiropractor, I'm offering a service, and you, you trust that I'm going to do my best to help you move better or move easier or move with less pain or whatever, whatever you want to call it, uh, people will pay for that. Yeah. And not doesn't have to be monetary right you 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 you've paid me back so many times in ways that man i can't even like just you sitting here trying my beer is payback you know like just humor me Mm. that's that's payment enough um yeah the world operates on 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 money and i have debt and just like you know a student debt is huge for a chiropractor and all, all the things all the things but that pales in comparison 
to the trust that I built from day one for a person I want to see for their entire life. Mm-hmm. That, that's just meaningless, right? Yeah. I want to see you go from... Man, I've seen you go through so many changes too. It's so <laughs> impressive. Just uh, let's just stop there, and uh, we don't have to stop recording. But man, I have f- from that time you came in with the knee thing. We don't even talk about that anymore. You know, we we talk about some deep shit, and yeah. and it's always interesting to hear your perspective. And that's what I love about the connection uh, that I get with with patients. Everyone's different. They're going to have a different uh, process and a different life, and. Yeah, sometimes it's going to hurt. Sometimes it's going to be shitty, but man, if I had to pay to or or, or sorry, if I I should say if I had to get paid to listen to everyone's story, mm. uh, I don't know, it wouldn't be as cool. Mm. Uh people do pay me because they value my knowledge and and my expertise and my background. But it's one of those things that I just love to hear. Would I do it for free? Probably not, but uh, that's not because I don't want to. It's because we live in a world where, you know, you got to pay for shit. Yeah. You got to pay for mountain biking. You got to pay for beer. Exactly. Um, so if, if my expertise and knowledge helps you in some way, and that builds a, a lasting trust relationship, like the reason why we're doing this podcast is because I trust you. Mm. And I, I want I want to be part of what you're doing. And I want to help you grow, and and I find you incredibly interesting. Yeah. And now that's something that, you know, you can't buy that. No, yeah, no. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can, but it's not probably not going to be that great. Yeah, it's overvalued. And yeah. so I just appreciate that you would even. You know, I think I'm trying to remember back to uh, how we even. Like even before the uh, the backflip thing, um, we may have Deanna crossed. was trying to connect us because you just started training. And actually, uh, the first time I saw you was in a video where you were partnering with CrossFit Vernon, saying that you were just like I don't know, you were promoting some kind of thing or like offering. Yeah, that's what it was. Things. Yeah, it was uh, mm. every year for the Open. I wouldn't charge oh, yeah. athletes okay. who were registered for the Open. Uh, to come and see me, yeah. Or That's I would good. go to the gym. I would I would offer treatments at the gym, and because uh, I just think that that the last thing you need to worry about when you're preparing for something like that is that your back is stiff or creaky or cranky or whatever you want to call it. Uh, yeah. It was an easy, you know. It's a it, 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 people would say, "Well, you're just you're just trying to market," and no, it, I'm trying to connect. It, it, yeah, and I mean it's fine. It's it can be part of it. It's it's also smart. Like the thing is, as if it's wrong to market yourself. This yeah. is also a stupid mm. idea. Mm-hmm. How do we do then? Who, how people know what we do? Like it, it it's it's you need to market yourself. And the thing is, there, there are plenty of different ways to to market yourself. Not just like running a fucking ad with hey, I sell this, come buy it plenty of things that are non-indirect marketing that are way more smart because not only you do marketing for yourself which we all need to do but on top of this you do a gesture a kind gesture and something important for others 
and so like if you can't do marketing within the same time doing something good mm-hmm. like fuck yeah do, we're gonna do this instead of just like doing my advertisement and just like show like if you can't do this the people that are gonna criticize this i'm gonna tell you who they are <laughs> they are the one that they don't want to leave that to then grab this they don't want to let that little uh, free thing using your your time and expertise for free they don't want to give away that value mm. and so they're going to critique your your yourself and think like oh if you do this it's just for marketing like fuck hey <laughs> of course it's going to have like a marketing aspect but it, it, it's what you do and you're on the same time giving a little bit away of value like a, i'm a big believer in, in giving away uh, small little bits that doesn't it's not gonna if you can if you mm. can right because some mm. people can't and mm. that's fine but if you can leaving little crumbs or like leaving pieces of value away for free and this is what the social media are for I believe um, it will come back to you well and, and in different you, ways you know you, you you say such an important thing there a value uh, and I just in my opinion hard to find there's nothing for free and uh (laughs) there has to be some value attached to it and for me in in my profession uh the value comes from the experience and you know incredibly enough um I, i i was naive to think that everyone should sign up for this and yet they didn't about all the athletes who registered for the CrossFit Opens from 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 that gym, maybe ten percent mm. came Which to see me. Oh yeah, okay. and uh, at at no cost to them, monetary cost. Uh, and I think that's because a people have someone that they trust already. Mm-hmm. Who is this guy? They don't know me from a hole in the wall, which I'm totally understanding of because mm-hmm. I'm the same way. Uh, but B, when you offer something for free, even if it's a tidbit, the value goes down considerably. And had I said, uh, hey, I'm going to do these um, treatments or wh- whatever, uh, and I'm going to charge you $40 for the treatment, and it has to be in cash and proposition some kind of uh, exchange there, people already have a value associated with that regardless of the outcome. And, uh, you know, that's there's something to be said for that. So nothing is for free. If you're not selling a product, you are the product. Yeah. And the same goes for, for buying something, you know. If, if you're if someone's offering you something for free chances are you're the product mm-hmm. and they're gaining that from you nothing is for free the information that you exchange online now is not free there's always a value attached to that to someone mm-hmm. or something some company is gaining from that and that's important to recognize because I think that value is important yeah you 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 if if i said it costs if i told you all of my experiences with sports teams and events and all the things and 
and the and the resume and all the bullshit, mm. you know, like that, all that stuff. You looked at that and you, wow. And then I charged you five dollars a treatment. You'd be like, well, I think there's a bit of a disconnect here. Yeah. Versus if I said no, the average going rate in Vernon is sixty dollars for this for this treatment. I'm going to charge you a hundred dollars. Without even seeing me, you would have this expectation that, oh, this dude must know his shit. And that might not even be the case. Yeah. I know lots of high-level chiropractors at the professional level of sports teams who are terrible. Mm. And it's just how you, it's, it's how you proposition it. And, yeah. uh, man, I like my little place in Vernon where I get to see the whole gamut of people. And, you know, I used to be in that world where uh where professional athletes um value your service or don't value your service you know they they might not mm-hmm. um they might expect a lot of things of you and so in in this town anyway in Vernon I feel very valued mm-hmm. and uh those connections that we make regardless of what you pay for it man there's so much cuz I've worked ah man I've worked in Toronto and these places and it's not that they don't happen there. They're just not like this. Hmm. Small town feel. Uh, you know, yeah. it's just different. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the the community aspect. Of, yeah. Of the connection. Small yeah. Towns. Totally. Yeah. Can you give names of these bad chiropractors that you know? I'm I can. I'm yeah. Totally. Their names are, and I'm looking right at you. <laughs> uh, no. Well, I wouldn't do that. So and, and by bad, I just mean... No, I'm just kidding, I, I, man. No, I'm serious. Yeah. I, when I say bad, I mean that um, they see it more from the business side of things mm. than the I want to help you side of things. And that's, not, you know, bad is not the right word. It's just a different way of looking at it. And... Uh, yeah. Man, I just didn't... I didn't get into this profession to make all the money mm. and shame on me if I did you know because that's not what happens yeah. <laughs> it's not, you know if you're if your outcome is I need to see you uh, and I'm probably going to ruffle some feathers here but if I need to see you three times a week for the next six months at $65 a visit and your benefits are only going to cover the first four weeks if you have them mm-hmm. what am I really doing there no it's fine it's just this one are we gonna blow up no it's just this one uh what yeah. am I really trying to say there because what I really should be saying is what is the best way to make you move more efficiently or easier what what's gonna make you go for a walk today because those are the people that I see mm. And if I if I if I don't even get past the first appointment, and I'm telling you you need 24 more appointments to feel good, what the fuck am I doing there? That's business. Mm. That's not trying to help people move better for their entire life. And there's lots of chiropractors and people, patients. That that that's what they that's what they want. And thankfully, you know I don't see a lot of those people take my time to kind of educate and I spend more of my time educating more than treatment. Treatment mm. is pretty, pretty short. Uh, 
but it's like my accountant says. He says, Steve, the way you practice, you're going to need to see four times as many patients as the average chiropractor because you're going to get people better and they're going to leave. And I was like, yeah, that's, 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 goal. that's probably true. <laughs> uh, the nice part about that now, in hindsight, is that when you build that trust level with them that you help them in that moment, like your knee, man, they come back. And uh, yeah. you don't necessarily have to come back with an injury. You just come back because you feel ease of movement after seeing a chiropractor or, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, that's a far better place to be than, than the bad, ah, I shouldn't say bad, but the different ones, the different kind of chiropractor. Yeah. yeah. And their names are... Uh, <laughs> oh God, I'm kidding. I'm yeah. I would like to say their names. <laughs> no, we can't. I'm, I'm going to have troubles after. Yeah. And, and it's, it, not, it's not even bad. It's just different. It's what you Because some most. people want that. Mm-hmm. Some oh, people be, don't want me to educate them on how to move. Mm. Take your take your walking and stuff it. That's not what I want. I'm here for the crack. Mm, yeah. And uh <laughs> that's that's fine, but I don't think that's gonna help your life. You know. If we're gonna yeah. if 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 we're gonna trust each other and I'm gonna I'm gonna trust you to have my best interest at at your heart, not at your pocketbook. I don't know, man. It's just more complicated than just, oh, here, let, just lie on the table here and just let me push on your back and get a few um, pops out of your back and you'll pay me how much for that? That's more complicated than that. Mm. And, and that's what I see now, especially after uh, after COVID and mm. people are just fried, man. They're just... There's so, you think that your back pain is the challenge you you think that the knee, knee pain that you've had or the, the neck pain that you've had since that car accident in 2008 is the real, uh, crux of your mm. problem? No, man. It's, it's, uh, you're, you're, you know, what happened during COVID was based on, uh, shame and, fear Mm -hmm. and uh that manifests itself in the human body for sure it does i'm willing to to put my um educational and experiential knowledge behind me and say that if you think that your daily shitstorm of chaos and stress doesn't impact your neck you yeah you're totally wrong it's it's the other way around you know Mm mm-hmm it told like the the amount of people I see nowadays that are just their central nervous system is just completely fried, mm. and it shows up as back pain is one of the first. It's like the leading cause of disability in the world now, mm. one of the top three. Um, just people are in pain, and they point to their back or their neck. Like that's where it shows up, <laughs> but. <laughs> Yeah, it's a little bit more complicated than, and that, so that's why I think like chiropractic is is uh, hopefully come a long way in in um, realizing that it's not just the almighty adjustment, although people hang on to that uh, mm. and people seek that because it's it's a it's a quick relief, short term relief uh, for something that's a bigger problem. Yeah, yeah. 
So uh, how how is the most so how long has it been that you're a chiropractor that you started like how you mean been how long years, have I been years come fully that you've been doing this uh since 2011 so 12 years 12 ish. years yeah so what what would you say is like the most do you do you have like a um a specific issue that stands out like something that is the most recurrent uh of 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 an issue that that people have like or like a specific what would be like the most common issue that people came to you to fix you know i think chiropractors are known for their ability to help with neck pain back pain mm. headaches um that that's uh i could simplify it even more and say usually the people i see are people that overloaded themselves whether it's um yard work office work what whatever it, mm. it's usually some kind of repetitive chronic strain uh that that manifests itself in inflammation in and around a certain area mm. chiropractors in general yeah i would say neck pain and back pain are the top two um but in my practice having a sort of a weekend warrior focus and Vernon being a very active community um sky's the limit you know i can see uh fractured ankles and just all kinds of weird shit mm -hmm. i mean i don't do when i see those things obviously i refer out um but they come in saying hey what do you what do you think of this mm. well i don't think that looks too good you know um But being in a small town, you're going to see that. Yeah. Uh, but I think, you know, the majority of people I see are, are they just overdid it. Mm. Most people, you know. There are, there's the traumatic stuff, uh, like, like say, for example, the mountain biking neck thing. Mm. That's because you're not used to doing that. Yeah. And had you gone back more and more, you, you wouldn't have that issue. Mm. Uh, so there's like a... There's a type of patient that is is uh, trying something new for the first time, like running, for example. Mm. Um, and, and people are just ambitious, you know. They want to get to it, and they don't they don't want to do the the leg work mm. for running. <laughs> uh, they want it now. They want to be able to run mm. 10k, or they used to be able to run 10k, but it's been 20 years, and now they think they should be able to run 10k. <laughs> yeah, so that's a good job, security. Uh, but then there's the people who who just kind of chronically uh, stressed and chronically overloaded. Um, mm. You know, this is so common these days, and it doesn't matter. It it'll show up as elbow pain or weird, weird, weird unexplainable pain is usually because you're going through something that you're central nervous systems like wow we can't handle this yeah so it shows up as weird unexplainable not you know almost seems non-mechanical mechanical meaning when i when i move my uh wrist my wrist hurts mm -hmm. and that's usually from a load like you overloaded your wrist uh, but then there's people come in and say i didn't do anything to my wrist i've been doing anything for a long time and now it's supremely painful and inflamed how do you explain that yeah that's yeah. that's the majority of people i see Yeah. 
That's interesting what you're saying with the nervous system. I I recently heard the guy saying um, it was what is the the, defi the definition of success, and his definition of success was a uh, a calm nervous system. Impossible. Uh, <laughs> or a a a properly regulated nervous system. Uh, Hard to define. Yeah. Yeah. Because we we hear a lot this this thing of uh, like people where you are where you have because the thing is right the basis of things is that we're a species that we're gonna have a stressful event and this is the way we survived we have this adaptation where we have a peak of stress and then there's gonna be all kind of response in in the body to make you uh, be able to survive that stress if it was um, a tiger that is going to attack you that makes you survive and and we're made to have like this peak of stress to respond and we have that physiologic response because of that this event but we're made to right after this being able to get back to um, the 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 how would you call it, a homeostasis or, or the base, base state. And mm. we hear a lot today that people are stuck in that fight or flight mode where you're consistently stressed. Is, yeah. it, is it something that you can tell me if what I'm saying is not, um, you, don't, you, you don't think it's the case? No, I think, but, I think you're, yeah. Yeah, but, I think but, you're... But so I think that thing of like, it's, it's if today you're able to do things or to find ways to be able to have like this this jungling between this high alert state mm. and this getting back to baseline and we hear that a lot today that that's, um, it, it's 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 a thing that like people like because stress it's it's something that if you don't learn to manage it mm -hmm. you can't even like lost touch with with even like feeling that you have like chronic stress or or be able to to do something about it mm -hmm. and you're stuck in this um in all this mechanism in all this this, this state and so is, is this related to what you're saying in the sense that an overload or or something that triggers one side of your 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 nervous system that is going to have like this reaction and that can translate into um into physical pain or tension mm -hmm. is is it like related to how the individual is able to manage and regulate these two mm. sympathetic parasympathetic yeah i think that's a very thoughtful question and to have the answer to that is uh i don't i don't know i don't think i have the answer to that i think i think what i would say in in my practice what i see is those who seek out what you're talking about <clears throat> i.e um intentional stress mm -hmm. uh is a very different response to those who uh are just generally stressed so any any uh patient of mine that um looks for ways to make themselves uh, push their own comfort zone or be uh, comfortable in the uncomfortable, I think they do better. Uh, and, and that's to say that it's a different kind of stress. Um, 
Hmm. There's adaptation to intentional stress, for sure. Uh, but that is to say that we don't give the human body enough credit or the central nervous system. We don't give the central nervous system enough credit for the management that it does mm -hmm. regulating or dysregulating as the case might be, uh, whatever you want to throw at it. Mm -hmm. Like I have seen people go through some heinous shit in their life and they get spit out the other side and they're a wreck, but they're not broken. Mm. They're just going through it. And, and so I, I think, yeah, there's a, there, obviously there's a, a massive interplay between parasympathetic and sympathetic fight or flight versus uh, relaxation. And you, you ought to respect that of yourself, that you will be stressed. Uh, you will go into the sympathetic state and there will be an influx of, of chemical synapses after that happens. Anybody who's ever been in a car accident will tell you that. Mm -hmm. They didn't feel anything. In fact, they felt jacked uh, or, or that adrenaline boost. Um, and then they were completely fatigued for, for a month after in adrenal fatigue. You have to respect that because that doesn't matter who you are. You can, you know you can enter into that state. I think that the more you play around with that system, having a lot of respect for it, the more you play interplay with that, you probably getting closer to being more capable of handling this shit when it hits the fan. Mm -hmm. You know, if you've never intentionally pushed yourself into the sympathetic response, then you're probably not going to deal well when it does happen. Um, and I see mm -hmm. that in my patients, uh, the ones, you know, we, we've talked already about fear. That's yeah. a good, that's, you know, pain and fear are, you know, brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. They, they know each other very well. And, uh, pain is not explained all the time by structures like inflammatory response mm -hmm. is not easily explained. Uh, so, sorry, I should say that pain is not always necessarily connected to an inflammatory response an inflammatory mm -hmm. response is like a distant cousin to pain i guess and uh however fear and pain when people are in pain they are totally afraid to move no i shouldn't say totally that's not you know not everyone's like that but there's a lot of people out there that walking on eggshells because they've had back pain from 1980 mm -hmm. yeah. and it goes the other way too uh, so being in fear, having a lot of fear can amp up the pain. Um, think, you know, just go back to the first cold dip you did. Mm -hmm. That was painful, wasn't it? Yeah. Probably because you didn't know what to expect <laughs> and you were fearful of the unknown. So therefore the senses are, are heightened. Yeah. Um, and it, in that moment, it felt more painful. And then you could argue that as you do more of it, doesn't matter if it's cold dips or CrossFit or anything, your body adapts to that, that stress. Mm -hmm. uh, but I would back it up more so to say that it was an intentional thing. It's when it's unintentional and it gets attached to pain, that's when that becomes very debilitating. 
and and the car accident, car accident, motor vehicle accident is is the prime example. You did not leave your house today thinking you were going to be in a car accident. Mm-hmm. You leave the house to go to the gym. You leave the house to go to a cold dip. You 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 prepare for these things mentally. You weren't expecting that person to hit you from behind. So when you when that happens and the tissue gets overloaded and you become inflamed, now the pain is much higher or much greater than a structural tissue response should be. Hmm. Uh, and that's a vicious, vicious place to be because it will cripple you. Uh, really? it, it, with all respect to, to the word cripple, hmm. it, it, will, <laughs> it will debilitate you and cripple you for a long time because you've attached that pain to something far more meaningful, and that was the unexpected. You didn't expect mm. that to happen. And so when that shit happens, that's, man, that is bad news. And it's mm. tough for anyone, doesn't matter who you are. Versus the intentional pain, mm. the one that you seek out, the one, you, you know, you, you know full well that a tough workout is not going to feel good. Mm. I just think people do better... That, and that's not to say that I haven't seen some amazing athletes get an unexpected car accident and have some vicious pain. Uh, yeah, pain is a real, oh man, it's a real shitstorm. Interesting. Is it like, so there's like a, a correlation with, I mean, it, the, the response would be also different if it's unexpected than if it's expected. So that's what you're, you're saying, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for all all intents and purposes, yeah. yeah. If you know that what you're about to do is going to be very uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. there's a level of control or or lack thereof that you're expecting. Mm. But does it actually change the the pain? I think so. Mm. I think so. Personally, in my practice, the, the people who are intentional about making themselves uncomfortable for the purpose to benefit you know think think about a bicep oh. curl what what a what a crazy fucking invention this is like who thought this one up you know <laughs> and you're going to do this so many times that it's actually going to be structurally painful and there's going to be inflammation around there mm. and all the things but you're okay with that because you did it mm. now think about somebody grabbing your arm and trying to rip it out of the the trying to bend it the other way yeah right you weren't expecting that and then pain happens because of inflammation tissue tears just the same way about you know multiple rounds of bicep curls if you did that kind of thing the same thing would happen but your intention was different you weren't expecting that mm. and I'll, t- i'll give you an example let's say we're doing this podcast and out of nowhere the police uh arrive it's very dark beyond the lights here We can't see them. One of them grabs your arm and throws it behind your back mm. unexpectedly to you. And so that has fear attached to it, some unexpected outcome. You didn't see that one coming. And it's attached to pain, totally different from you doing this lame-ass bicep mm. curl. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's intentional. Like there, Or there's, there's, there's an unpredictability to it that will give you more pain, in my opinion, mm. than... Uh, Than just doing a bicep curl, which is yeah. a terrible example. <laughs> I like this. People do. Amazing. People still do bicep curls. Yeah, it's it's actually a pretty. Why is it called a bicep curl? Like, what is 
Why? Your know, bicep's like not cur- curling. Curl. I guess it's a flexion the, of the elbow. I guess it's the trajectory. It should, of, of should, like same with, with the uh, weight, right? Same with uh, what are this? What is this called? Where you put tricep uh, extension? Ex- extension. The tricep is not extending. Your elbow's extending. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but this this is interesting. Like, could could it be because we start having a response? from our nervous system because we start imagining that we're going to have the pain so we start having this maybe a heavier breath maybe our heart rate that is going up already whether that way if we don't know it's zero to a hundred like that mm-hmm. and there's more shock mm-hmm. could it be could it be something like this yeah I, i i totally think that's what you're that you hit the nail on the head there when you think about the last time somebody like jumped around a corner and surprised you <laughs> yeah. Right, that, that that gets you going. A long time you know? ago, <laughs> uh, it's it's fun to do, but not fun to receive. Yeah. Um, now, take that experience because you just drew it up in your head, like mm-hmm. instantly, like your your mind just went to that memory, like that, and you remembered that, right? Now imagine you were to hit your head in that moment, and you gave yourself a concussion or something. I don't know, something like that. Mm. Imagine how vicious that memory would be. That could actually cause pain. That's that's a, a somatic response, and that's it's uh, yeah. man, that's complicated. And uh, you know, the sad part about that is it, it's so painful for so long for so many people that that pain starts to define who they are, mm. and that the pain starts to be in the driver's seat of your life. Like, oh, I can't. I can't, uh, I don't know, I can't go get groceries today because I'm in too much pain. Imagine being in that state. Oof. Man, that is uh, not a good place to be. It's not likely that the structures won't let you go grocery shopping. It's your mind. Mm. You know, it's the, it's, the, it's the central nervous system wiring to pain. So basically, when you move a joint, you have nerve receptors in there called mechanoreceptors and they make mm-hmm. they sense mechanical movement and if the signal from that mechanoreceptor is interpreted by the central nervous system as pain that becomes a nociceptor so every time it fires all it sends the signal is that's painful that's painful that's mm-hmm. painful that's painful and imagine living that life every time you mechanically moved The structures are fine now. The injuries happened. The, the tissue has scarred down, whatever you want to say. Uh, but the signal is interpreted as pain. Mm. How on earth would you ever live? You know, how would you get past that? Yeah. You would need to rewire the system intentionally. Mm. Or I don't want to say rewire because that's not what happens. Um You, you need to almost like get out of your head. Mm. And that's where these interventions come in. Like to me, uh, training, uh, workouts, um, cold dips, it gets you out of your head. Mm. And it gives the central nervous system something different to think about. I think acupuncture is great for that. I think mm. acupuncture... Reaches a tissue level that uh, that as a chiropractor I I can't get to that depth uh, where the where the nerve actually uh, innervates the muscle mm-hmm. 
uh, and it creates a different kind of stimulus that the central nervous system in that moment of, of having the, the needle placed into a, a trigger point or whatever, whatever you want to call it, it has to respond. It has to respond to that mini um, stimulus and say, what, what the fuck just happened there? We, we've only had the signal of pain from that area for a long time. And now we've got to respond to something different. That's where chiropractors, acupuncturists, anybody who practices a hands-on therapy can create a deformation in the tissue that will create a signal response. And that is very short-lived. Like maybe, I don't know, whatever you're going to come up with, maybe a day of, I don't know, that, 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 that's probably no, no science behind that, but mm. what I see in practice is if I can create some change in the tissue mm -hmm. or the joint, uh, then I can create some ease of movement for you. And in that three or four days where that's easier for you to move because the tissue is more pliable or the joints more viscous and more fluid, then perhaps you can go for a walk and pattern some movement that your central nervous system ha hasn't experienced for a long time because it's interpreted as pain. Mm. And that that's, that doesn't, doesn't matter what kind of manual therapy you practice, that's what you should aim for, in my opinion. I'll give you three or four days of easier movement. You go and pattern some movement that actually helps your central nervous system, not hurts it. Mm. And that's, that's all to say that you have a mindset that you actually want to get better. Right. This is something I've been thinking a lot about lately as a chiropractor. Do people actually want to get better? Or maybe better is not the right word, but do people actually want to feel like they're living their best version? Mm. Because I think that there's a lot of people out there that want to look the part. But when it gets down to actually making serious change and looking at yourself in the mirror going, I can't do that anymore. I need to change. That's a lot of people don't want to. They would rather rely on a therapist, whether it's chiropractic or otherwise, to do it for them, which is just false advertising. Nobody's mm. going to fix you. Yeah. You're not broken. You don't need fixing. You need you need facilitating someone to, to kind of help you understand, okay, maybe you can't do backflips today but I can make it a little easier for your body to at least practice that that's that's all it is I don't know to me that yeah. that's just so simple and uh, I can convince many people of things that they used to do that they can't anymore because they're in pain all the time man if I could just change that intervention a little bit and have less pain in that person they'd be willing to at least try walking I think walking is, man, if you can't walk, you're in a bad place. Yeah. Unless you have no legs. Then you, yeah. Which is yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I never thought of it from that but angle. Yeah. Um, but yeah. If I'm sure that if you ask somebody with no legs, they would tell you that they can walk just fine. Because that's what they learned. They learned, you know, if they, I guess if they weren't, if they had to deal with it halfway through their life, then yeah. they reinvent the wheel and they say, well, I don't walk anymore. I, I roll or what, you know, whatever. Do something uh, else that has the same I purpose. love that about those things where somebody loses a limb and they actually get better at 
mm, yeah. whatever they were doing. Mm. And, you know, with the way we think about it is uh, you need all four limbs, you need uh, all f five or six or I don't know how many senses there are now. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you need all those things to, to, to operate in society. Well, actually, there's this thing called the Special Olympics where these high-level athletes have adapted mm. to their thing and are now incredible at the sport that they were doing their whole life. I mean, that's it, like that's adaptation. And yet we look at that and go, oh, we better call that the Special Olympics. Mm. No, that's just adaptation. Take that as a, a, something to aim at for your life. The next time you have back pain or neck pain, man, just adapt. You're so adaptable. Your mm. body will figure it out if you give it a chance and you 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 tone down the pain a little bit you're capable yeah yeah, yeah. that's a long one yeah but that's that's the the, the point of the uh, the problem is today we we because the way you your solution is like that it requires work it requires effort Mm. And the, yeah, totally investment, yeah. And the problem is that today it's a lot like take that pill and by magic, magic, not magic, but and then quick, or it's always about like today. When you give the opportunity to people to have like this alternative of like just like take that quick and easy band aid that doesn't require anything, it's, it's like it's uh, very detrimental what we do with this because then why, why, you know, why would I get in this fucking cold water to get dopamine where, where I can't just like get it from something else that doesn't require all that pain? Totally. And But <laughs> and I mean, I got, you know, for me, I don't, I don't like to pick on medicine because I, I see that there's a huge value in it. Uh, but since we're talking about it, I like to use air conditioning. As an example, um, because everybody relates to air conditioning, especially in the Okanagan. Mm. Um, how quickly do you turn on the AC in the summertime? And conversely, mm. how quickly do you turn on the heat in the wintertime? Because uh, I think it matters. Yeah. You know, like if that's your go-to, if you're going to rely on a switch for your uh, comfort, man, you're going to you're going to be complaining when it's not available. Yeah. And this same, same applies to, to, to medicine interventions. Um, certainly medicine does a good job at saving lives. There's no question about that. Yeah. But they don't have a good success rate at chronic ailments. And chronic ailments are something that did not develop like a light switch. Chronic mm -hmm. ailments are something that happened long time passing of someone treating themselves poorly. And there, there is no medication in the world that will help with chronic ailments. Mm. Just, just nothing. There's stuff that will save your life and will slow the process down, but there's nothing, to my knowledge, that will fix a chronic ailment. Mm. Like, you know, that's up to you. And uh, if you've been relying on uh, a life-saving um, medication to fix a chronic ailment, you're going to be disappointed because it's, it's, it's acute. It's, it's in, it's in the moment they, you know, when you're dying instantly, they have really good fixes for that. Mm -hmm. 
it's it's diabetes and um you know chronic heart disease and uh they just don't have good fixes for that yeah medicine um interventional medicine i should i should preface that by saying because medicine in itself is is uh quite helpful um but not for chronic stuff i haven't i haven't seen any real success with chronic stuff um chronic chronic's got to come from within and so i dare say that uh if you're if you're that quick to to turn the air conditioning on if you're that reliant on it when you don't have it when it's taken away from you you're gonna suffer yeah yeah and i mean i i see these people in in the spring it's the canadian way man it's the in the spring, it's 10 degrees outside, and they're wearing flip-flops, shorts, and a T-shirt. So, oh, my God, summer's here. It's so warm outside. And then in the fall, the same people, it's 10 <laughs> degrees outside. They're wearing a fucking parka and toque. Oh, my God, it's so cool. I, I got to go to Mexico. Uh, I can't live here. You know, how yeah. adaptable is that? Yeah. And if you apply that to a pain paradigm... Yeah, it's, there's a lot of people in pain out there because they're not willing to be adaptable, yeah. intentionally adaptable. You know, some mm-hmm. shit, you know, shit's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. You try things that you've never tried before. Yeah, your body will probably, <laughs> you know, it's inflammation. It's gonna happen. Um, but if it's chronic, that's on you. Which is a mm-hmm. tough thing to say because yeah. it's so debilitating and painful. I just think uh, it's sad to watch people go through it. That they, they it 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 defines them. It becomes them. Yeah. So your neck pain uh, over twenty years defines everything you do. Imagine being in that place, and that's a real world for a lot of people. Mm. It's uh, you know, and and I see it, and I want to help as much as I can, but it has to come from. You know, the real change only comes from within. Yeah. 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 I think it's I think it's one of the biggest dark side of the the modern society is, is this is that the lack of adaptability mm. or not necessarily the lack of adapt but the, but we have we give too much of the it's right, like we have the AC, we have so why wouldn't people use it to their comfort right mm-hmm. like it's what it takes you to 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 intentionally today remove comfort it's 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 pretty big because the first question would be like why why the fuck would i do this and mm-hmm. why would i when is it, is it going to be that i won't have this ac because i will always have ac mm-hmm. so why would i do that and like you, you kind of, you kind of need to have this, uh, this mindset of. I, I, it, it's not necessarily an integrity f- things, but it's just like, it, in my personal experience, it's more like I, I want to be able, to know, that I can do without this thing, that I'm capable of doing this, that I'm capable mm-hmm. of enduring this, that I'm capable of all that things. Because I believe, I truly believe that this in my subconscious, it's anchored and it's reducing my threshold of stress. 
Like, I know right now if I fall in the winter in the fucking lake, I couldn't give a shit because I know I can do it and I do it, you know. I know that I can't spend three days without eating but that because I've already done, like, mm -hmm. a three days fast. I know I can get lost in another fucking country by myself because I've done it. I know I can run a business because I'm doing it. I know all these things. I know I can... Um, you know, it, it's 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 all because not because oh you do this and like for your own ego or your own pride. It's just because it makes me feel fucking relaxed and not fearful and not like you know on on defense. It's again that thing of of uh, nervous system. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It, 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 I feel like all these things it it creates that 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 safety. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know that peace. Because you go, you go out there looking for all these things, and you fight them, and so all the, 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 the so you know you can like, and and yeah, I truly believe it. Just like give you, it just like give you more more peace, and therefore your well being, your wellness, is totally increased. Um, and it's explainable with the chemicals that are happening in your brain, but it, it's also. I don't know. I like to think that there's a, a mystical aspect of it, even though it's probably just all science. But but it's really because people could would ask like that, like why would I would I stop doing this, stop putting my AC on because I I know I'll always have it. But um, knowing, but but unconsciously, I bet in their mind they're like this fear. Where is the AC? That is following you Why? just behind. Where's the AC? I'm going somewhere. Oh, am I going to have the, the AC? Am I going to have my this type of food? Am I going to eat enough? Is the water going to be too cold? And this is always in the back. But when you do all these things, it's in your back of your We don't give a fuck about this. I don't care because I know I can. Not because, oh, look at me. I can't. I don't, can, mm -hmm. don't give a fuck about it. But, but in my mind, it's like... I'm good, you know. <laughs> oh man, I, I I did not think we were going to talk about this. Um, I thought we were going to have beer. Uh, I think it's going to be the third one, no? Yes, uh, and if you hopefully the sprinklers. What time is it? Uh, oh there grass shit! Sprinklers out here. Is uh, there a sprinkler yeah, going yeah, on? Yeah, totally. Really? Uh, uh, not right now, but uh, soon. <laughs> you better. Say yeah. Um, well, just one thing about what you're talking about. Yeah. What you said. You're so passionate. You said. I know I can do these things, right? And I would just I would just add to that to say you are willing to do those things knowing that you don't know the outcome. You may get lost, you may fall through the ice, you you may not eat for 3 days. You can choose to do that, of course, but you do not you're not guaranteed the outcome. You do not know every time you go and do those things, you do not know what the outcome is going to be. And so I think what you're saying, which I think is beautiful and, and uh, is that you live in the process, not the outcome. You, you don't live based on the outcome. If you did that, then you would never try those things because the outcome might be death or pain or suffering you know, if you turn on the AC, if you turn off the AC and it's 40 degrees outside, there's a pretty good fucking chance you're going to suffer and you might even die. And a lot of people do, sadly, you mm -hmm. know, uh, seniors. Uh, but the point I'm trying to make 
is that you would never live your life guaranteed of an outcome. You would, mm-hmm. you would live it as a process of, I did the thing, I survived, and so I would be willing to try it again. You get lost in a country you don't know anything about or you, you fall through the ice, there are no guarantees in life. Mm-hmm. You do not know the outcome, but you, you say that you can do it and you say it passionately because you tried and you, even if you failed, you still could live another day to try it again and again and again. There's a process to that that is far more important and deep and meaningful and soulful and passionate than ever knowing the outcome. And mm-hmm. if I ever did anything in my life saying, I know I, I, I have a guarantee on this outcome, it probably wouldn't be that fun or cool or whatever. You know, it wouldn't be worth talking about. It's, it's the things you do that you are not guaranteed mm. of an outcome that's going to go your way. Those are the special things. You should pay close attention when you're in those moments because, man, oh, man, even if it's painful, you're going to learn so much about your internal mm. compass and who you are as an actual person, not defined by pain or suffering or, or anything else. You, you're going to be in the process, not the outcome. And you're willing to do it again. But even if you failed, you're, you're more of a process-oriented guy. And we all need to, to see that and, and appreciate that and live that kind of life than being, oh, outcome-driven on, yes, this didn't feel good or, you know, or it felt bad or what, I don't care, whatever you attach to it. If you're an outcome-based person, you're probably not going to have a good ride. Mm. You know, you probably, you probably um, talk a lot about hindsight. Mm. You know, oh, I should have done this or I should have done that. And then when, when it's that moment in time when you have to leave this planet, if you're an outcome-based person, oh, I should have done that. Yeah. No, no, shouldn't have. Don't, your process, think about what you did do and the shit that you tried. You know, like those moments where you're like, oh, I didn't see that coming. Like imagine the fucking sprinklers turned on right now <laughs> and all this fancy equipment would be soaking wet. <laughs> that would, that would not be good. <laughs> but. No buts. No, no, there's no buts. So that would be, that, that would be terrible. Be so um, we will pour another beer and probably what, at we, what, what ta- do we do? At what time? I don't know. But it's going to be. Oh, yeah. Well, you, you're, you're, you, do you, I, it's do like you death. Like it's inevitable, man. The sprinklers are going to come on any time now. But it can. It could be any time so now. So we should move. Ah, uh, my my favorite, the dark ones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this one is called North of the Porter. Oh. Uh, it's a it's a porter, um, and porters are very dark in nature and uh, mostly a sort of a winter beer. Um, different from a stout, I find not quite as heavy. Uh, so this was fashioned after, uh, Cranog Ale's Backhand of God. Um, it's not quite, you know, obviously it's not going to compete with Backhand of God. It's a really good, um, beer, but it's, it's got its definitely tones and it's the lightest beer that I have, um, because the grains weren't cracked through the mill. So we didn't get any, uh, we didn't get as much sugar in the process. 
So when you're not when you don't have enough sugar to start with, then you're not making alcohol. So this is kind of like the the um, Safeway variety where you can get O'Doul's and so, so this uh, is good to save for last because it's it's about it's about three and a half percent alcohol, um, but still has some good flavor to it. It looks like a Guinness almost. Mm-hmm. And very different from uh, what you would have tasted the first two. Oh yeah, it was an. Exp- it's almost wait. It's almost like there's a little aftertaste of uh, coffee. Yeah, yeah, bingo, nailed it. Did you put coffee in it? No, it's it's, it's a type of uh, grain oh. that's used. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I've never tasted the. That's what I mean. You can combine grain, certain type of grains, certain types of hops and yeast and water, and uh, get all kinds of different. Uh, mm. Interesting. All kinds of different flavors. Yeah. Interesting. I wasn't expecting that. The 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 grains can be roasted uh, with with coffee. Um, and it's far above my knowledge, mm. but I know that this particular batch is very low on alcohol content. So feel free to have at her because nothing's gonna, <laughs> you know, you're not gonna lose any inhibitions drinking this stuff. Right. Um, <laughs> so it's called sessionable, where you can you can have a few and not, Interesting. you know, you're not gonna feel the yeah. effects. Three uh, and a half. You said three yeah, and a half. Uh, roughly percent. three and a half percent. Yeah. 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 Well, it's actually one of my one of my favorites. <laughs> really? Flavor-wise, it's really yeah. good. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting, to me anyway. It's um, an interesting flavor. I like the way you say that. It's an interesting flavor. Yeah, it, could and mean by a lot of different I things. Mean, <laughs> to me, what I'm gonna say interesting mostly is is like unfamiliar. Yeah, it's hard to put your. Like you I've never pinpoint. tasted, a, yeah. I've never tasted a beer like remotely close to what this. Right, same with the same with the elderberry, right? Like that's mm-hmm. just a flavor that you just never thought. Oh, yeah. that should be in a beer. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, good. It, 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 I would say that all these beers need need refining and rebatching and all the things, but uh, that's what I'm so excited about to actually do it. Is um, yeah, is to understand. Okay, I need to add, pinch more of this, dash more of that. And it's not that simple, but, you know, yeah. every batch is going to taste different. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when you're ready to come back and try <laughs> try it again, it's hopefully refined. It, it, it's exactly what you were saying about the all the things, the process, the outcome is the same of like what is more important, the journey or the destination. Yeah. Like it's that totally. kind of thing, but that's what you're saying. Because could you imagine how fucking terrible it would be if like your first batch it's already you figure it out you have like the perfect mix and everything is easy and you have all <laughs> yeah <laughs> so you're losing all the the the, the interestment into like that, how I that roll. science of mixing and, and processing and and uh, yeah i think i think failure is important i i'm also curious how long these fucking cookies are going to sit there without us eating them yeah so like i was going to attack them right away so these are Natural Sphere cookies, which are literally the best I've found here around here. They're super good. You're gonna ruffle expensive. some feathers. You're gonna ruffle some feathers with that statement. There's lots of good bakers around here for sure. <laughs> I wonder who the bakers hit bakers are. So having a best one doesn't mean that the other ones 
or bad, right? It's the best that you've had. Or in my perspective, because mm-hmm. maybe you're going to be like, ah, these are not good. They are good. How do you measure? Like for me, it's <laughs> tough to measure a cookie because mm. there is not one single cookie I've ever had in my life where I'm, oh, I don't want that. <laughs> yeah. It's like, honestly, it's like, it's like, yeah, uh, really... it's like pizza and sex mm-hmm. and cookies are all like, you know, I'll do it. Uh, <laughs> might not be the most memorable mm. cookie or pizza or, you know, other things. Uh, yeah. but you're still, you know, it's not like you're going to take one bite of pizza and be like, no, I can't. I'm not going to eat that. Mm-hmm. Cookies are the same, same with sex. You're not going to be like right in the heat of the moment. You're like, nope, I'm going home. Yeah, you can. Mm-hmm. Because it's important to, to keep in mind that you can at all time <laughs> change your mind mm-hmm. on, on, on But how are you, you consenting. <laughs> you can. You can at all time. Have you ever stopped right in the middle of section this is shitty in the middle i'm this is shitty i'm going home (laughs) in the middle no but um right before or at like key moments where where (laughs) (laughs) no um point of no no how do you call that in english point of no way back points like calling the the thing like saying no before just before a no way back point uh yeah but in the moment, no. But, like, you can't always... It's one of those things that's either happening or it's not. You know, there's no... You, you don't half, half-ass half sex you, you, you or pizza or cookies. Mm-hmm. You're either eating it or you're not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that being said... And this is not, I mean... Uh, also... You have to you have to define this is not part of the podcast. <laughs> this is part. Also, you have to define you have to define um, sex because uh, I realized throughout my life that, <laughs> depending on the person, whatever gender you are, whatever kind of human you are, it, it's um, it's not going to be the same. Some people are going to call sex something that isn't necessarily, or but all that to say that I I I agree with you, but to a certain point, I think there's extreme where I'm going to give you an example with the pizza. Oh, <coughs> all right, pizza it is. Uh. <laughs> even though no, no, but I mean we can go over everything. But even though uh, I've had for the first time. I, I'm like, pizza is almost one of my favorite things. So, like, I've tried a lot of different pizza in different countries. And for some reason... <laughs> <laughs> this is... Uh, yeah. Go on. For some reason... <laughs> so many questions. <laughs> for some reason, I've came to try to try Papa John's pizza... <laughs> maybe i don't know six months ago mm-hmm. and i made the mistake i don't know what went through my brain i, I seriously don't know and maybe it was drugs i don't know i ordered a uh, meatball pizza from papa jones and man it was the worst pizza i've ever had 
I don't mean any bad advertisement for Papa John's. I don't care. But like this pizza was the absolute worst. And I didn't finish it for the like one of the first time. And I know I'll never do this again. And this could be almost the level of, yes, I would have like one slice of this food. And it's like so bad that I'm like, ah, you know, even if like th when things are like mostly good, they're still, you can, they can still have, they can still be so bad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but isn't, isn't uh, Papa John's where they give you a raw pizza for you to cook? No, it was like a fully cooked. This was mine, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I finished mine in a hurry. Uh, but no, doesn't it doesn't cooked. Papa John also can sell you a raw pizza that's not cooked? I have no idea, honestly. Maybe that's what you got, and which would be which really uh, bringing it home here would be like the raw dog of pizza. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> Hey, it would. Yeah. Um, and I can understand why eating a raw sense. meatball would, would be terrible. That 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 sounds awful. Uh, but at least you could say that thing I tried wasn't good. You know, bringing, yeah. it, <laughs> bringing it back to some kind of normal converse, conversation. Uh, you could say when somebody says, hey, we're going to get... Uh, Papa John's tonight and we're going to get the cooked variety um, <laughs> you, you would say you know what I'm, I'm just not into that it's it's me not you type of thing you know but all those things you because you love pizza you at least tried it you didn't know what you were going to get that's like sex True. you don't know it's going to be bad until you're in the moment you're like this is terrible yeah but uh, you know you're already there right <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. I, I moving like on <laughs> uh, <laughs> that went down really uh, fast oh shit yeah Damn, but that's because it. that's because I know there's really minimal alcohol in there and and uh, when the conversation was making uh, me uh, fidgety you know did you see how many times like I had to move the mic when we were talking about this I'm like oh god um, yeah so, <laughs> no, okay. Um, before the thing is, is getting too far apart. <laughs> or Let, together. Let's, let's get, or together, yeah. It's a different way to, to, to see things. Um, how did you find that uh, cookie? It was great. Yeah. It, yeah. It, uh, you wouldn't say it's the best you've ever had in the city, do? No, uh, I would say that um, it wasn't straight out of the oven. Right, they were from yesterday. So that's rule number one: like mm -hmm. to be in the best cookie. Um, the temperature conversation, like to be up there, it has to come out of the oven. Right. Uh, the 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 chocolate needs to be on my fingers, mm. and that didn't happen either. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a bit too girthy. <clears throat> like chocolate chips, I find the ones that are a bit uh, thinner uh, without 
without going off the rails here, uh, you know, I just don't want a mouthful of, like, that was a pretty thick cookie. Yeah. And. True. Maybe for some people they enjoy that, but I don't know. I don't like the size that fits. <laughs> Do you see how, size, you, see how like, you see how it works on so many levels? Um <laughs> That's why I picked those three things. They're all they're all quite relatable. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you don't enjoy cookies or pizza or, or sex. Yeah. You know, I can't imagine yeah. anybody in the world who's who doesn't enjoy at least two out of those three things. I was gonna say if you could only choose I hate if, these if you could I, only I don't hate anything. I hate's a strong word, but I just these if, questions are like uh, if you could only choose two, I feel like this would be t too easy of a question because you would obviously remove either cookie or, or pizza. Now it gets more interesting if we would say if you could if you could, if you could only uh no if you could only have one Um, but I feel like also it's kind of like a tricky question because there's two pieces of food and then something that is essentially for the survival of our species. So it's it's not a, it's not. Oh a very yeah, fair. yeah. But that's going yeah. That's, <laughs> that that's like <laughs> that's getting philosophical right off the hop. Uh, no, I don't think that's fair to ask. Like, could you could you do with one of those? It's just apples and oranges. Yeah. But the the. The, the the funny comparison is that most people love pizza. Most people love cookies. You know, everybody can think of a cookie their grandma made for them or whatever. Um, and a lot of people <clears throat> have had sex. So yeah. whatever you define sex as, a lot of people have had bad experiences. A lot of people have had positive, like really good experiences. And the same goes for pizza, and the same goes for cookies. And you ever had a stale cookie that's like a week old? You mm -hmm. bite into it, and you you think you're gonna lose a tooth, right? Um, that's probably not a good experience. But you still ate it. You know, I mean, I, I'm sure there's some people that spit spit stuff out, but yeah, I'm not <laughs> I'm not one of them. I guess we'll have a, like a, a very different a different relationship with with all these things. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> totally, total different subject. Good. <laughs> I was hoping you would do that. Uh, are you uh, getting your? It's is it uh, level two instructor of uh, the Wim Hof method? Where you are you still? Yeah. This yeah, I mean that's this? that's the that's the goal for yeah. next year. Uh time and money are the real barriers to mm. how soon that will happen, but eventually that will happen. And it will allow me I shouldn't say allow, it's it's so weird to say that a bit. It'll help me take people on, on weekend retreats. Oh nice yeah. to have a so a deeper uh deeper experience going just beyond a five-hour workshop where you you know you really introduce people to uh, a mindset that um, uh, challenges them to push the push themselves out of their comfort zone 
with cold immersion and breath work. And uh, in the in the in the retreat or the the weekend experience, it's um, different styles of breath work, different environments for cold immersion. Uh, it's it's a bit it's a bit more intense, mm-hmm. and uh, and you get to connect with people over a longer period of time. You know, basically in five hours, you have the opportunity to to just scratch someone's surface of who they are and what they're capable of. And over a weekend, I've over two days, I think I feel like you get a a better sense of that. And so the level two instructor program with Wim Hof method is is to prepare you to 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 be able to deal with what might come of that. Again, not knowing the outcome, you're you're really just going in as a guide and uh, showing people what they're capable of. In a deeper sense, is is often complicated, and so there's a lot of prep work with that. Mm. Yeah from from people who who have been through that before yeah yeah interesting and so like that would be one of your goal would be to like host retreat like longer retreats with um with being able to share the the whole thing because ultimately like you said like is the the impact that it has on people would be deeper Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because like what is um why do you think what is your goal by by wanting to transmit this is it just the direct wheel of like i know this impacted me greatly and more people and you you know that it will benefit more more people or is it just you enjoy the 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 time spending with the people or is it a mix of both like what is the main drive for you out of out of going deeper into this and then i'll tell a story later the about you by the way oh okay uh yeah i think for me it's watching that it's that moment that you see the fear in someone's eyes Mm. and uh and that immediately I shouldn't say immediately you, you watch them work through it mm. in in the in real time and they they everyone who I've ever uh had the pleasure of working with in this Wim Hof method has shown me nothing more than they are entirely capable of doing whatever they want to do in that moment and although the sphere of the intensity of the unknown and all the things bubbling around you, you find a calm inside yourself and a focus that is just is incredible to watch people go through. Mm-hmm. And uh, to to experience that with them, to be there as their as their guide or whatever you want to call it that's that's next level for me that's incredible and um it it reminds me every time i watch someone go through it that we are all entirely capable of whatever we want to try or challenge ourselves to do and so on a weekend <laughs> on a on a on a deeper level with uh with more time you can explore that and I like to say it's, you know, you're playing with your internal fear. And the more you can sort of dance around that and have fun with it, first and foremost, just to have a little fun, like mm. chill out, 
be a four-year-old child that's curious. Yeah, I, I would love to see people go through that over a weekend, or, or more time anyway. Yeah. Does it, the weekend doesn't that's that doesn't matter how much time it's. Uh, it's more so just watching them realize that that uh, it's not as complicated as we thought. Mm. Like we have this, you know, we've been talking all night about how life is so complicated and. Mm fear complicates everything and all the rest of it and then and then you're out there doing the thing whatever it is whether it's a cold dip or breath work or whatever and in that moment oh yeah it's not that complicated it's actually pretty simple Mm -hmm. and you walk away from that experience going oh yeah that's what living is supposed to you know like that's Mm -hmm. you don't need any rules or instructions to follow you just more times you're in the moment the better and so spending time with people connecting with them over a weekend yeah it seems more mm. pr- purposeful to me uh yeah and it's and it's another layer you know it's there's uh, certainly i could stay uh as a as a just a level one instructor and be happy with that mm. but the purpose of level two and so on and so forth is to is to sh- be around people that have gone on expeditions and mm-hmm. hiked mountains in a pair of shorts and a and a backpack and in minus five weather and yeah. you know you surround yourself with those kind of people you're gonna see some pretty interesting outcomes yeah yeah so that's part of the process uh to become level two instructor um that's the plan anyway mm-hmm. yeah because you're more likely to attract more experienced people for for these things, or, or yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The people I see in the in the uh, fundamentals workshop are just they're kind of scratching the surface of of cold dips, and they want to get a better handle on why they respond the way that they respond. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, it's a it's a uh, vastly growing trend of people. Mm-hmm. doing these challenges for themselves the ice bath and all the rest of it mm-hmm. um, and I think what they find in there is a part of themselves they didn't know even existed and so yeah the people who continue to go on they, you know it can be just a one time experience for a lot of people and they're happy with that and they, I did the thing and I got mm-hmm. the picture and all the, all the rest of it that's cool but then there's probably another 20% of the people in the workshop that really tap into something that they want to explore even more. And that that provides them that avenue, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what about yourself? You, you um, yeah. I mean, you, you, you've done cold dips now for how long? Well, it will be, but since the end of November. Mm-hmm. And what about no, the, yeah, <clears throat> what about the breath work? Yeah, breath work. I do. I don't do breath. I cold plunge every day, but I don't do breakfast. Uh, breakfast. Yeah. I don't do breakfast. That's fair. Also fair. I, yeah. I I do um, uh, breath breath work uh, here and there. I I do. Uh, I definitely do it every week, but I do very different type. Uh, I'm not. I don't do just uh, the Wim Hof. I actually have a, a YouTube channel with a guy that is really nice and like there's all sorts of different things. And I discovered mm-hmm. um, one of the most uh, 
I'm going to say altering with actually a person, a, a woman that is from Vernon. Her name is Meredith. And it's, um, I think it's called Suf- Sufi, Sufi, okay. Sufi breathing. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's, so it's diaphragm breathing. So uh, belly, chest, and then <clears throat> um, exhale, but at a pace that is... <sighs> for a long time right and then (laughs) happens something and then i go on another planet Mm -hmm, i mm -hmm. I lose this i i have like experience that you could categorize as like psychedelic experiences Mm -hmm. um and and so isn't that the point yeah like it's it's yeah it can be a point but this can be very scary for for uh a lot of people i would say but it's it's to to answer your question is 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 i discovered in the thing that there's actually a lot of different breath work Mm -hmm. and that it actually exists since forever and it's it's absolutely insane it's just with breathing which is the the basic elements that we have all at our disposition right Mm -hmm. otherwise that means you're dead uh and and the impact you can have is is absolutely incredible i feel like it's pandora's box you know like for for you know you 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 learn one technique or style and uh that should lead to 50 other ones you know like there's so many there's so many styles of of uh breathwork and and variability there that uh that's a good thing you know there's no there's no rules yeah and uh the outcome remains the same you use your breath to tap into your actual inner uh whatever you want to call it Mm -hmm. um as a way of connecting your the the physical space with the spiritual space the breath is the go between Mm -hmm. and uh that's what I love about these different, whether it's Butakio or Wim Hof or uh, Timo style or Pranayama. These are just, you know, these are just name techniques that have a variation of breathing. Mm-hmm. What you're really doing, uh, similar to working out, is you're trying to do things differently for, for whatever whatever your purpose behind that is, it doesn't matter. You're just trying to breathe differently. And if you do it heavy enough or intensely enough, yeah, you get a pretty fucking unusual outcome. Mm-hmm. And it's the same with, if we go back to the the uh, the training paradigm, you know, you train hard enough, you, you'll get a pretty interesting outcome. Mm, yeah. And uh, I just think that the breath is already there we're all exquisitely good at it Mm -hmm. uh it's just interesting to tap into yeah you know it's free Mm. anytime anywhere Mm. i love doing in the mornings man i've 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 had mornings where i've seen my own funeral Mm. and uh so sad why is everybody crying and then I realized that it was for me 
And uh, I just thought that that was the saddest thing. I wouldn't want anybody crying at my funeral. And how did I get there anyway? Oh, yeah, I did about, what, I don't know, 20 minutes of breath work? Mm-hmm. What a special thing. What a deep, interesting place to be. Yeah. 20 minutes. That's nothing in the grand scheme of things. Mm-hmm. And, uh, man, some of the experiences I've had with breathwork are just mind-altering, <laughs> yeah. get high on your own supply type of thing. <laughs> like, you, yes. you, you don't need any stimulus. Try breathing. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. It's just, like, so obvious, like, in the, in the front of What is your... the longest you've sort of... To, you know like done that kind of intense breathing for so this this session or i mean that session was the the whole session was a little over an hour but i was like breathing intensely for all, at least like 20 30 minutes mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then you would have a moment with that same breath but like with no not that pace just pace a little slower Mm -hmm. and then you would pick it up it's it's it would be guided because after but after very quickly you couldn't feel i couldn't feel anything right Uh, except from like maybe my face but um the whole thing was like almost an hour like Mm -hmm. it's very long but didn't feel like that but uh, the whole session is is yeah an hour plus uh, sometimes it can be, she told me like it can be an hour and a half, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but an hour to an hour and a half. And th- this is in a group setting or no, p- solo? No, one on one, yeah. 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 And do you think uh, with that kind of intensity, would you get the same result in a group setting? And, th- and the reason why I'm asking, because it's my turn to host the podcast now, uh, <laughs> <laughs> is uh, <clears throat> it's because I, f- I feel like the set and setting uh, is talked a lot about in in psychedelics, and uh, I think it also matters in in breathing and in cold immersion. Uh, in in the idea that you can do cold immersion with a group of people and have a totally different experience than doing it on your own. Mm, yeah, oh like yeah. it's more it's more of a when I do it, I I want to be quiet and internally and externally. Uh, and the same with the breath work. Um, I'll let go a lot of my ego by myself, and yet I'm a bit likely to be guarded in a in a in a group setting. So, in that sense, do you think that you would get to where you were going in a group setting, or no? No, 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 never, no, impossible. Well, I don't think impossible. I think that you probably need some help from. <laughs> From psychedelics at that point. Yeah, you know? I, I would say uh, the, the the reason why I would say this because like the way she's doing it and it's like it's very is very like it's 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 guided and she does also like other things and there's like it's 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 kind of like there's a very spiritual aspect to mm-hmm. it because mm-hmm. uh, she does like other things and there's like the, the music and and uh, I think these things. Or these things where you get very into some kind of like the unknown, where it's a little bit of exploration, where um, this is gonna this is gonna change the, the experience a lot, whether mm-hmm. if it is a group session mm-hmm. or or not necessarily in a bad way. I think you'll tap in different, different things. Yeah, yeah. 
um, because starting here in the winter cold plunging by yourself with no experience uh, it's it's hard it's challenging if you've never done it mm-hmm. it's minus 20 and one day you decide you're going to do and you go in the lake mm-hmm. it's, it's it's tough by yourself yeah, with nobody mean, pushing yeah, you totally. with that I you, you you would go there and you would be like fuck it you know yeah i i think that's just a pitch for going you know being in a group with a trained professional i i shouldn't say professional but someone who you know that's uh, that's a good pitch for the wim hof method You know, mm-hmm. you don't have to practice the Wim Hof method. There are 17,000 other different things you can do. Yeah. But at least it puts you with someone who has that proper training and background and has seen a lot of people go through this. And, know, you know, you, you, you sort of have a comfort level there that I think would be a good way to start. Mm-hmm. Uh, but certainly the, the solo practice is... Um, obviously comes with risk but there's something to benefit from that risk like we were talking about earlier you're intentional about it you know you you can you can obviously have risk in your bathtub let alone being in the in the creek or the lake or whatever um but you have to assess that risk yourself you you know whatever you're comfortable with and i've seen all types come through my workshop and feel entirely capable thereafter Mm. So, yeah, I, I think it's it, the group dynamic is always uh, so different than solo practice. Yeah, uh, it doesn't matter what you know if we're talking about breathwork or mm. cold immersion. So, yeah, mm. I think if there's one positive aspect is that like it helps. Uh, if, even if there's a little bit of ego in there, more it's, I mean, there's more ego in the group, right? In the mm-hmm. group dynamic, um, it helps. If if there's one positive aspect of that, it helps because you're like you're not going to be the one that's like say no fuck it I put my feet in the in there and like I'm gonna walk away because everybody's around and like looking at you and there's that group atmosphere oh, yeah. that is like make it hard harder to give up right to, to you can't abandon ship yeah in a group or I mean it's way well, harder what, you know what you're talking about. I feel like is my responsibility as a yeah as an instructor mm-hmm. to 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 help people listen to themselves and because there are I have had people who who don't pull that card and they don't do it just because everyone else is doing it and I find that that's the you know it's just as strong as the person is willing to do it because mm-hmm. everyone else is doing it is the one who says no I can't do this that's powerful as well. Um, right, and part of being, an, yeah, part of being an instructor is, is uh, in my opinion, trying to identify who who needs to be uh, dialed down, mm. and who needs to be amped up, um, and then let them decide. You know, this 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 isn't about me instructing. Yeah. This is about your you doing this thing that you signed up for, where you had no fucking clue you were going to be that uncomfortable. Mm. It's on you, you know, like I'm just there to help. And, mm-hmm. and it's not about my experience. It's about you challenging yourself. And just signing up for the course is, for a lot of people, very fucking challenging. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you see all kinds. <clears throat> you see, it doesn't, you know, 
I would like to say that there's a certain type of person that does well and there's some that don't and no, it's just all kinds, you mm-hmm. know. I've seen everything from uh seventy five year olds to professional MMA fighters go through this and they all have they all have that same look in their eyes. Mm. Of holy shit, I didn't know it was going to be this uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. And then in that moment, it's like this: the, they they calm themselves using techniques, using breathing techniques. And then, oh man, it's so cool to watch them just get so. Oh, I can do this, mm. and it's just so powerful to watch people do that. They they just they realize that they're in that moment capable of anything and that that man that that is powerful yeah that's why i love doing it that's Mm. what i I think it's it's a technique that's been that's been uh well practiced so it's smooth Mm. right not a lot of risk when it's smooth you you don't have a lot of unexpected occurrences but the moment's still the same (sighs) i just see that in their eyes it's Mm. so cool to watch yeah yeah so level two would just be more of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. More, more pushing the comfort zone or the uncomfort zone, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What What is interesting about it, because there's different ways to get this shock and this, this intensity on, on, on experiences. But what I find really interesting is, because I can't help to compare this to also like fitness, is, is that there's no... There's zero control. Like you can't control the intensity or the pain. In fitness, you you can. You can go all out on a fucking asshole bike and just like kill yourself. But you can also, once you, it gets too uncomfortable, you can dial that down. You, you can you can manage things. This, it's it's like there's no... There's a, you, you, you have to like find a way to accept, to allow what's happening. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And to me is, is the main, now that it's been, what, uh, set eight months or nine months, something like that. It, it's like the main takeaway for me is, is this. is like it teaches you something that is so freaking important especially today in this modern world is like that we want to control everything and we want to um <clears throat> have this ability to 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 control our lives so that we we minimize like the unknown we minimize risks and, and stuff like that but ultimately there's a lot of things that are happening that we can't control and and this is the the biggest thing for me is like you get you get in and and you can't control you you can't you have no there's no alternative you're there and it's painful and you 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 can only accept otherwise you give up you get away you don't you don't let it go through you and to me is the 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 main thing like um all all these other benefits like are are great uh, love the dopamine. Love the the coffee that tastes really good af- afterward. <laughs> yeah. Love the the fact that you adapt yourself better to right rushes of adrenaline and 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 you create brown fat and then there's all love all these things. Mm-hmm. But the main thing to me is is this is like 
letting like learning to let go mm. like mm -hmm. learning accepting that you can't control these things but what you can do is 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 letting go of the 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 fact that you think that you have to control mm. everything mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you can just like if you accept and allow it you can go through it yeah. letting go of resistance and this is the biggest for me personally i guess like it, everybody's got different things yeah no i love that I, uh, the the control thing that's how i got into it is by accepting that not everything is in your control mm. but i uh lately um when i think about that i think there's a when you talk about acceptance and letting go i have a real struggle with the idea of letting go of something because mm. where is it going to go the cold if if i can use your your, your the cold dip that's never going to go anywhere. The cold is always going to be there, smacking you in the face, physiologically telling you that this is not uh, comfortable. The cold's never going to change. So you can't like, let go of that. You can accept that it's cold and the changes are going to happen in your body. And that, that those changes happening in your body and mentally as well are because of the cold which you you can't you know you say you have no control over that and i would offer that you very well do because how else would you get through that mm -hmm. it brings the chaos to you and you only have control over your own mind that's it Everything else, your physiological response, the cold itself, the shit you, the chaos you just intentionally created, knowing full well that you don't know the outcome, the only one thing that you can control is what your mind is trying to tell you. And in that moment, you calm yourself, you center yourself, you meditate. You, you all the things so really the only thing you could have control over is your mind everything else you must accept mm. because the shit's going to happen you know there's no escaping it there's no escaping that cold i've been doing it for three years now the cold is the cold it hasn't changed mm -hmm. every time i sit in that ice bath that is fucking cold it's only my internal mind that has trouble with it. And if I've been away from the cold for a certain amount of time, I struggle more. And yet the temperature is the same. The physiological responses are the same. Mm -hmm. So what am I really saying there? I'm saying that I let, I'll let that happen. I'll accept that is going to happen. And I know I'm going to have a certain response. And the only one thing I can actually control is my mind in that moment. And that's what's so beautifully calming about it. Because, yeah, the, I think you're bang on the rest of the stuff in your life that we struggle so mightily to try to control everything. And the one thing we only really could 
have uh, half us control over is is our thoughts yeah. and you know where do they come from mm. half of them are negative you know like the half half the time your brain is telling your mind is telling you get out get out get out get out and yet you know full well that you don't need to and there's an internal struggle there and there's an acceptance that that's what's going to, your mind's going to tell you a lot of different funky things when you're in the cold. Yeah. Yeah. P.S. Going back to the workout, you did say assault bike, not asshole bike. Let's, assault. Yeah, not yeah. asshole bikes. Bikes yeah. are not assholes. I love bikes. Uh, but the assault bike, that's kind of an asshole bike. Yeah. Yeah. This is terrible. I just thought of that. That came back to me. Uh, it's not the first time somebody told me this, so maybe it's something in the way I'm saying it. It's no, 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 no. It's an it asshole bike for sure. It's uh, <laughs> it doesn't go anywhere. You you have to pump your arms and your legs vigorously. Uh, you know, there's no freedom there. Um, but going back to the control thing, yeah, that, that's that's just the thought I had lately. Is that uh, it is it is because you are in intentionally placing yourself in harm's way not harm's way i shouldn't say that but you know discomfort mm. and you have to accept that and then you have to control your thoughts in your mind by meditating because that's all you have left at that point yeah everything else is responding and happening to you and, and if you don't find a way in life to deal with the things that happen to you it's not going to go well for you because there's a lot of bad shit that happens to you and usually in my experience it's our mindset it's the thoughts that we have our own expectations of ourselves that that uh you know lead us astray mm. and lead us to think oh i can't do that you know if you could just shut the fuck up you probably could And by that I mean internally, if you mm. if you can quiet the the thoughts in your head, and uh, I think that's where cold immersion and breathwork play a real key role, because when you're breathing, or the way you did it, suddenly there becomes a focus on the breath, not your thoughts, mm. and so you're very capable. You know, and, that, and that's going to ruffle some feathers, like I've said before, because then people will say, well, what about all the all the th thoughts that just percolate around in my head for no good reason? Yeah, you're right. You you can't control the thoughts, the, not the ones that are coming up and telling you different things. But you can quiet them, mm -hmm. and that's control. Exquisite control, in my opinion, to do that, mm -hmm. um, which which is really the only thing in your life You are. You talked about that secret place inside of yourself. Mm. That's just you in there. Yeah. And when when you're facing some challenge like that, whether it's workout or a cold immersion or otherwise, yeah, it's just you in there. And it, honest, probably no one gives a fuck except for you mm. in that moment of how much struggle is going on like I said it's all good until it happens to you and then you're like oh that's what that feels like and there's an internal battle going on inside like why the fuck would I do this 
Oh, that's why. So that I can quiet all those thoughts. I can control, if that's even a thing, all those thoughts percolating around in my head and be at peace with myself. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a, it, I, it's a beautiful experience to watch. Yeah. And you see it in people when they... I, I, I think it's what op, people often identify as flow state or mm-hmm. the zone or, you know... There's nothing else. And it's yeah. such a peaceful place. We're so goddamn busy in our head. We need something to focus on like that. That yeah. will get your attention... I guess that's a, to me, that's probably a measure of control because you did the thing. Yeah. Would, here, here's a good question. If you're on a boat and there's a cookie, a piece, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, if you're on a boat and it capsizes, you're thrown suddenly into the water and it's like frigid ocean, like the Black Sea type of stuff. What do you think is going to happen first? Are you going to go, oh, I know how to deal with this? I doubt it. No, panic. You're going to fucking panic. <clears throat> and then if you're given enough time, hopefully, and you've experienced it enough, you can tap into a calmer state. Right? This, this is what all the, the people train for in the world. Mm. Um, but... You would still die, but at least like calm. It would yeah. be a calm death and not like panicking. It's like all these the people uh, in the the, t- the Titanic. Yeah, uh, people died from the cold in like ten, ten, fifteen minutes. They were they were dead. Yeah. Um, I guess it's. And I'm of the opinion that she had room on that little thing she was sitting on for him to be saved. I was going to say this, the same uh, thing. This doesn't <laughs> make real, real sense. But and also, were like because I, I've rewatched it um, not a long time ago, actually. But what mm. with the with everything that happened with that submarine and, mm. and stuff like that. Yeah. Actually, no. It was before that, and this was a weird synchronicity. I remember, like thinking about this. We so no. The first thing was I started to listen to a, a different version of an or- orchestral version that I really like of the, the main th- theme mm-hmm. like a full thing I started to listen to this and I was listening to this sometimes when I was plunging and stuff and then I was like oh I would rewatch the, the movie and then after that literally like I, I like literally maybe like a week or two there was that thing with the submarine that because wow, the submarine yeah. was was getting down to see it right and yeah and uh and this was really weird but anyway um what we're saying yeah this 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 people i guess i'm wondering it's probably not like dying from the cold is probably not the worst way of dying it's definitely not the worst way i can't speak from experience not for sure uh Chris Chris Lemon is, has a story like that. Chris Lemon is a deep sea diver, mm-hmm. and uh, he he goes down to the bottom of uh, of the uh, Adriatic Sea. I don't know somewhere out <clears throat> somewhere out there, and he fixes uh, oil pipelines. Oh, so these yeah. oil rigs that are sitting on the ocean. Oh, shit, yeah. He goes down there, and what happened to him was um, the ship. So these are like. Jacques Cousteau guys, right, that mm. have the, the thing on their head and, mm. and all, the, all the gear. 
Um, and in, even in today's modern world, you still need to go down there with a, with a line attached mm-hmm. to the ship. And so what happened was the ship's GPS uh, positioning failed. And so it was a drift in the ocean. Mm. And attached to this bottom was a deep sea diver. And so the ship is just kind of drifting around with this cord attached mm. to it. And uh, the cord severed. And oh, he has a emergency tank on that's supposed to last five minutes. And they found him, so they kicked the GPS back on, basically did a reset, uh, sent a... Uh, sort of discovery type submarine down there and they found him uh, and he'd been down there for 22 minutes and, and they all thought he was dead and of course this was traumatic for them as a as a ship mm-hmm. as a crew it turns out he survived and he came to vernon and did a talk on this really yeah yeah and uh you know i went into this talk thinking there was going to be some grand epiphany Mm. uh in that moment of uh because he knew he was going to die very quickly yeah like within the span of 20 minutes he knew he was going to die and he had to sit there and uh i was waiting for this like moment of like oh this is the meaning of life and no, he said he was disappointed or he, he, he was sad that he disappointed everyone at home and his and his crewmates and that this had happened to him. Really? Yeah. In that moment, he was sad for them. And uh, he was sad that he had disappointed his, his wife and family and all this. But it wasn't his fault. No, was but it? in that moment, he, he, he went there. Oh. Of course, it's not his fault, right? But he he's so sad that he's gonna die, mm. and uh, anyway, so how did he survive? I think, and he he talks a little bit about this. It was the cold, mm. because it's very cold down there, yeah, like below zero. And uh, I think you've heard these stories of people falling through the ice, who basically quote-unquote freeze themselves mm-hmm. and then they survive it's the cold mm-hmm. you're not actually dead you just appear very dead and uh when he talks about the meaning of life he even mentions in his presentation that there's no grand epiphany of life he was just out there doing his job mm-hmm. He was living his life. That's what he wanted to do. In fact, he went back to sea, deep sea diving two weeks later. <laughs> and the people on the ship were far more traumatized mm-hmm. than he was. Because he had resolved himself to death. He was just like, oh, this is this is what it is. And, you know, gratefully, he survived to tell the story. Likely because of the cold. Mm-hmm. Uh, the people who had to watch him die... They're the ones who suffered because they were helpless. They didn't have any control of the situation. They had watched someone die on their watch. Yeah. Watch someone die on their watch. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. They, they, they had to experience that. And they had more PTSD than he did because, mm. you know, he was ready to go back two weeks later. Yeah. And I, I think that just is a, is a measure of purpose. And in the final moments, you, you know, Man, that's so sad that he felt like he disappointed his yes, family. Um, 
but you know the cold will do incredible things like that mm. i think there's so many stories about if you're not in that element because you don't want to be uncomfortable because you hate the cold man i wonder i mean obviously <laughs> deep sea diving is a is a is an extremely mm. uh far end of the spectrum type of story yeah but if you're not even willing to experience uh, a cold breeze in January, man, what what's going on? <laughs> yeah, this is this is where plays inspiring people to yeah. to do these things totally. And this was the the thing I was going to say. And you ask inspiring people about their inspiring things. You know what they say? Oh, I was just living my life. Yeah, just doing my thing. They don't think if it's inspiring. Yeah. Oh, I shouldn't say that. They they just recognize it as I I just want to go and do my thing, you know. Yeah. That's where I'm happiest in my element. And uh, when I so going back to being a Wim Hof method instructor, man, watching people find themselves is such a cool experience for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's hard to it's hard to match that. It's kind of like. Um, a light bulb moment for a lot of people. And, oh. and, you know, I hope it sticks with them that, that they're entirely capable of doing the thing. Does he, you know, yeah. it doesn't matter what you apply it to like, Hey, come on this podcast and talk about pizza and beer <laughs> and, and life, you know, like, okay, well I'll try that. Yeah. It, it's the curious, the, the curiosity, but it, it's, it's, I think just one thing about what you said with that guy, I, I, just, I feel like there's a strong correlation with uh, accepting death and living a life that is like, I'm not going to say authentic, but leave it where, where you live your life, where you do what you want to do in your life. Yeah. Where you have like, where you understood that you're in control of everything actually, about yourself, about your life, where you are, what you do. Once you accept that you can change anything you want, that you can do anything you want, and you actually do these things, mm. where you you, I feel like again, I don't know, I feel like you're you're less likely to. Yeah, I feel like it, like that guy was saying, like he, if he, if this was like the job he loved and like something, he wasn't really thinking about like him dying, like he was doing thing, and 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 if two weeks later he was back into it, like. If you you do what you're truly meant to do, well, I'll say not in a scientific level, but more like a spiritual level, because mm-hmm. I believe we we'll, we'll all have like a very specific purpose, and we came here with a a very specific set of tools that are unique. Like back at what we mm-hmm. said in the mm-hmm. beginning, and if you tap really into these things, I believe this is where you'll be most likely to back to the deathbed. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I've done the things. I, I've done what I had to do. Mm-hmm. Like almost like not saying that you you, you look forward to, but almost come at, uh, like uh, I I did everything that I I wanted, and I leave with like an empty heart or like it almost comes at a. It's a little extreme to call it like a relief or or uh, you're being you know. Um, but you know what I mean, like. Um, but 
Yes. And you, you know, on top of that, and another thing, <laughs> and another thing, you might not achieve all the things that you want to do, right, in your lifetime. Uh, but man, I would never want to look back and go, I didn't even want to try. Yeah. Oh man, that's a, that's a scary place to be. And, um, it's just so simplistic to at least try it, at least try to do something that brings you some purpose. And all, I mean, for me, I, I see a lot in, in people who retire Yeah. and they, they think that retirement is the answer. That's the, I've earned this. This mm -hmm. is my, I worked hard all my life. And now it's my time to enjoy it. Wait a minute. You mean you weren't enjoying it the whole time before? Yeah. This is your time to enjoy it? Oh, that's sad. Mm -hmm. uh, and P.S., by the way, you know that 45 years of purpose you gave yourself to to provide for your family and, and yourself and, and all the things? You're going to take that purpose and do what with it now? You're going to golf twice a week? It's not going to go well, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like you you had purpose you had you had conceivably eight to ten hours a day five days a week of purpose whether you liked it or not and man if you don't like it you, you better change that mm -hmm. because yeah. you're not going to age well the people who I see aging the best the ones that come into my office they're the ones who look back in their life and go my job gave me so much purpose. Mm. Like I just, I you know, there's good days and bad days. I get that. But purpose is the key. And then when they retire, no, no, no. They don't retire. They just job change. They go on to something else. Mm. And the ones who say, no, I deserve retirement. I deserve not to work. They forget that the work is the purpose. And if you, if, and, and you know, as sad as it is, there's a lot of people who put too much emphasis on work as a purpose. Yeah. Uh, but you can't take that away and just be like, no, I'm just going to golf. Yeah. Purpose matters, man. Oh, yeah. And you, you have it from day one all the way until you, you die. You know, your, your, your purpose is, is your, uh, internal compass at least try to do something of purpose or you know what you consider to be a value yeah because if you don't and I'm not saying people don't I just think that they miss out on a lot of things mm -hmm. because they have some expectation like going back to the external versus the internal world the external is is usually feeding the internal thoughts mm -hmm. and they miss out on a lot of purpose that would would provide some measure of happiness I'm yeah. guilty of it I've done that yeah it's um, it's a soulless life when you when you buy into the, this narrative that the problem is that also the, the purpose is, is not necessarily your, your job because we live in a system where you need money right and it's totally fine to support yourself with a job that is not your purpose mm -hmm. But then don't let this drain everything from you, all your energy, and mm -hmm. then and then you don't act on 
any kind of other purpose that, yeah. that you have. And this today's problem is that I I think uh, I think it's the it, it, pressure is is we built up to in a system that like has a lot of great things, but um, I think we're we're like this in kind of technology and advancement and shit, but like human very simple human values like we're so far apart and disconnected from technology and what we're looking for and what we're capable of having and social media and of all these things but still there's so many people that have like mental health problems there's still a lot of shitty things happening there's still people a lot of people are suiciding there's still like a mm -hmm. lot of shit and there's like simple things that we're, we're we're not doing enough um, because I don't know. It's it's just we've been built into this thing where we all feel like we have to compete to each other, and there's the fear and and everything. But to to get back to the the, the purpose, it's is I totally agree. I think it's uh it's a, a, the strength is the engine that's gonna make you want to get up and 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 do things right this is how i yeah I see how you it. roll out of bed in the morning yeah and you, you sometimes you need to go looking for it and other times it smacks you in the face you know um yeah i just think that uh you know what you said was really important that that uh i'm glad that we have a safe space to actually be the way we are right now mm. it's safer than it was for most people yeah is is it perfect no no far 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 from it and technology has provided us provided a voice to a lot of people who were likely suffering internally in the past mm -hmm. so that that's progress mm -hmm. um but that is the nature of being human I think in the fact that there is no such thing as perfect yeah, oh yeah. and uh, this is just a different time and place than it was in the past um, you know we just keep fucking shit up like as a as a as a race man we're not doing well not in my opinion and yet we are. There's no question. We are survivors. We're, we're th you know, you know, the, the, the human race is complicated for sure. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like we're zooming out again into this, this sort of podcast pontification where it's it's um, easy to talk about hard to live. You know, it's easy to talk about how how complicated our life is now and how technology is ruining us. It's easy to point fingers and blame. Yeah. Um, it's much harder to just live, live a, you know, live a happy, happy life where you, you find that happiness inside, man, that is complicated. And, uh, we're always going to struggle with it. I think. Yeah. Yeah. We just find, we just find ways to suffer, man. We just, we, 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 the drama. we fuck shit up all the time, you know, like, Humans yeah. have a notorious history of making shit worse. Oh yeah, we like humans have done some some terrible thing, but like this is how we we evolve, and this is why it, 
the importance of because uh, we love to like point like you said like point at, at problems and mm-hmm. we the, the, the key uh, to me is uh, always thinking of like uh, this the solution right like if you're going to talk about this society don't tell me what's wrong tell mm-hmm. me how what would you change to make it better yeah but more importantly what are you actually doing yourself right now to make it better oh it's fucked up like um there's a lot of people who like i part of what the reason why i started the podcast also is because i see many things that i'm like holy fuck like i i can't today i can't like maybe have kids later i I can't keep living in the world where i witness with my eyes something that i'm gonna judge like fucking terrible for humanity i'm not i can give a few examples but not necessarily and me having the capacity to weigh in the, the 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 scale of doing something that i believe is positive for this world or community or whatever and not doing and staying like ah this is this is not good like this creates separation this create hate this like everybody can do this blaming should pointing fingers like because people reacting to shit is like the easier thing but how are you truly fight for something it's by embodying and being this not by saying oh this is bad who cares they they are embodying what they feel is right for them regardless of the morality of it like they think they're in the right even if they're not but you truly fight for something when you embody it and you spend and pour full energy into being and spraying this is how you and by giving no attention to this This is how you actually going to truly fight. But it's way harder because we're triggered by thing and we want to say, mm-hmm. no, mm-hmm. this is bullshit. But you give your energy to this. You give your energy, time, attention, and you feed on that thing. And you, 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 you really like, by thinking that you're, you're fighting it, you actually make it bigger. And it's the hardest thing to not, not want to... to <laughs> But anyway, it's it's uh, not anyway. No, there's not anyway. Uh, and this is how yeah, we I, th- I think. Uh, man, it only took us uh, three hours and fifty-one minutes to get to this point. That's impressive. Uh, yeah, I, I I think what you what you I I hear a deeper. There's the individual, and then there's the rest of us. Mm-hmm. And when I when asked to uh, come up with your own thought, generally people are pretty good on their own. They're, they're, most people have good intentions, mm-hmm. but put them in a group of other people, and all of a sudden the finger pointing starts. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's you, not me. You know, it's your fault. It's whatever. Yeah. And. Uh, Yeah, I think you it's just uh to bring it all home. It's what you're doing. It's all good until it happens to you. And so you better be living the life that you aim to live. It must not going to be perfect, but at least 
make your uh, uh, try to make yourself happy before you even look at other people and mm. what they're doing because it's not mm. fair to compare and when you start comparing you start pointing fingers you know and all you're really doing is taking away from who you are as a person that uniqueness that you talked about mm. you know yeah. As soon as you start looking at what someone else is doing, you're like, "Well, I didn't do it that way." I mean, if you're if you're open to growing and learning, you will try it. You won't be set in your ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you're that type of person, I'm I'm thinking you're not pointing fingers. I mean, we're all judgmental. It's just gonna happen. But before you point any fingers, you probably need to take a look in the mirror. Yeah. You know, like that's what you're doing to yourself is far more important than what's happening in the world. I bet it with everything I believe in in my life, what I'm doing about myself to myself, how much I love myself, how much I accept who I am, uh, dark side and all, mm. is far more relevant in my reality of course oh yeah you know 100% and if and and if you if I if I think about um, how much self-awareness has taken me to get to that point I still I'm not even scratching the surface here you know Mm. Uh, yeah I I think I probably I'm doing much better than you using that method of who just who am I and I'm not defined by anything uh, and I'm quite capable of what I want to try to do Mm. that's at least a good compass enough that's a good compass for me yeah 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 and that that's uh, that's why I started making beer (laughs) because it's part of is that a good segue to wrap all this stuff up (laughs) yeah no is if if we're we're going to kind of Wrap it before everything shuts off. The sprinklers haven't turned on yet. No, oh. yeah. Oh, yeah well. But it was, it was better. Ah, it's better. better. Yeah, better yeah, totally. Yeah. The, um, well, I love the, the, the Who Am I, I think, is the, the start of like some kind of great journey. And uh, um, all this, when like you're, you're doing you and your reality, the thing is that we have like a big Im- impacts on other by just being in that self journey and and i was gonna like just sit um when we did the the documentary and like i i i filmed yourself at the creek oh yeah this is the story you were gonna tell well yeah yeah okay cool so this this is the the this is true i'll say true inspire uh inspiration 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 because yeah, what what happens is that so I film you going into that thing. I think it was the first time. Did I do? No, yeah, I did the the workshop with you before, mm-hmm. but I didn't. I didn't. I mean, anyway. So we get we get on the creek. It is. Um, it's actually. It was during the that big like cold moment where it was like fucking between minus twenty to thirty no, last November. Like mm-hmm. it was crazy cold. I don't know if you remember. <coughs> But anyway, and we get in that thing, I'm already like, I already don't feel my hands anymore and I'm like cold as hell. <laughs> Walking there, like I start feeling you. 
<laughs> just you break the ice with a hammer uh, on that thing and I'm, I'm like I'm watching this and then you get undressed you do your thing and so I'm part of my most part of my brain would focus on having good shots and things like this and then <laughs> and then I see you walking in this water that is like below zero or and in in like a total uh, serenity mm. and that created something in my brain in several steps and this is what i call true inspiration because the first thing that went through my mind is like holy fuck like what is this how is this even possible i was like holy fuck and then quickly right after i was like i i want to do this i want the same i want to be able to do the same just like by the capacity of doing it i didn't even know like any kind of benefits of it i was like it's just so fucking cool mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like you're able to walk into something where like i was like how is this even possible you know what i mean and then the last thing was like i i i i i need to be able to do this and 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 I, I made the link with I know you're human and you're doing this. I I know that I have not the capacity of doing it right now, but I see you doing it. Mm -hmm. And so directly I know that eventually I may I'll be able to to do it. If I see somebody doing it, why can't I? Like I should be able to. Mm -hmm. So of course on the extreme of the spectrum it might be different, but like for most things you see somebody doing something that means it's at least possible uh, theoretically right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that is a true inspiration not like seeing something that people that are so disconnected that that they you don't see the 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 the, 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 the human side or they 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 gatekeep the thing or like just this aspect of of raising you know barriers And, and they look too much like aliens or, mm -hmm. or too much like geniuses. But but these little things that are a little unfamiliar, a little unusual, this or, or other things, like or when I fucking yell or whatever, like these little things that you see somebody doing and like you can see the work because you, you know, like you don't get in this like that with... <laughs> With, with that amount of, of peace and serenity without like having a, a lot of, of things but but I, it sparked like something that I like I knew I on the moment I saw you in this I was like I knew I need to be doing this yeah and it's almost maybe like intuitive or maybe like some kind of spiritual thing or like that I was meant to be doing this as well and this is why we connected by coincidence on this this is that you needed to It was almost a soul contract that mm. you needed to transmit this to me. Mm. And, and, you know, because I, I believe we all have like di different little things like that. The same way somebody, by coincidence, it transmitted to you and we transmit this or we we spark inner fires of other people into mm. different things. And that is, um, I think, how we change not even with not even knowing it right because you you didn't maybe you didn't even realize that mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. you sparked that thing in me and this is true inspiration by being like by you being on your journey of who am i and discovering all these things mm -hmm. you're gonna spark fires here and there because 
because that's what we're, we're here for. Yeah, well, thank you for that. <laughs> uh, that that's uh, humbling for sure. Uh, and I totally agree with you that we we grow uh, just human nature is to watch other people do things mm. and mimic mimic them. Um, that's why it's so important to to you you know, and even going beyond that, if if cold immersion isn't your thing. You can at least have an appreciation. Mm. Okay, so there's inspiration and you, you want to do the thing. And then there's appreciation of, of how complicated that, that, that is and the process that comes with that. And that, that, that serenity that I have didn't happen on day one. It, it, took, it took a minute to, to you know, adapt to that kind of stuff and, and find a quiet place in my, in my head. But there's also a level of appreciation, you know, that that's why I think live music is important. That's why I think live events, um, watching athletes do what they do, you just can't get the same thing from watching it through your phone. Mm. Um, and that that's not to take away anything that that that, that comes from that. Recording that yeah. is 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 storytelling at its most technologically advanced capability. Mm -hmm. That's what you we're trying to do here. But the actual in the moment exchange of that happening in that when we're down there is is uh just to, to take a step back from that and appreciate how complicated all that is, uh, is to really that's that's where love comes from, mm -hmm. I think. Right? Mm -hmm. Oh, I love watching someone do that. I love watching someone go through that process of what you're talking about. I love appreciating that. That is that's incredible. That's an incredible journey to be on. Mm -hmm. And I have an appreciation and there are people that, that have inspired me along the way, same as what you're talking about. And uh you probably wouldn't get the same inspiration if you watched me do it through Instagram or Facebook, you know what I mean. And yeah. that's not to take away anything from social media platforms, um, which is a whole other conversation. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I think being there, being like present, mm. and oh, yeah. uh, it's just uh, man, there's something to be said for watching someone do what they really enjoy doing. Mm -hmm. Like you can see it in their eyes. Mm. Um, and that's what I love about watching you go through this process of podcasting. And, you know, it's just something you enjoy. Mm -hmm. And uh, I got to be a real live version of it now. <laughs> and so I'm curious to see what you come up with. Um, yeah. That That's an inspiration in itself. And, and that's exactly going back to this whole idea that you're doing your thing. Mm -hmm. You know, and you, you're going to find things that resonate with you, like like watching me go through that. And in that moment, you're like, I need to do that. And even if that's not your thing, you let's say you tried it and you're like, well, it's not my thing. I can do it, but it's not my thing. At least you have an appreciation, mm -hmm. you know? And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm so happy that it got you to that level. Yeah. That was because, insane. uh, 
I remember the first time you did a cold dip. Yeah. <laughs> I was there for that. <laughs> and your, you know, your, your, what you go through internally is for you. And like you said, you know, that's a secret place and no one's ever going to know what you actually went through. But I saw you on the outside mm. and uh, just, just like everyone, not to say that that wasn't a unique experience for you, but on the outside, there's fear in your eyes. And doesn't take longer than about 30 seconds to a minute for that fear to completely disappear. Mm. And you're like, oh yeah, I am capable of this. Mm. And that's powerful to me. Right. The, like watching you do that is inspiring yeah. because it's your first time. Yeah, it was crazy. I remember like can't, I remember like shivering like crazy. Yeah. And it's, it's, yeah. It's uh, almost also I'm not I'm not Canadian like you guys are have more resistance to the cold. I'm from that's the south bullshit. of France. No, <laughs> no, no, that's, that's total France. bullshit, man. That's uh, <laughs> no. that fly around here. That, um, <laughs> that's 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 bullshit because uh, the Mediterranean Sea. That's where I'm from. Yeah, that it just doesn't doesn't you, work. You know, yeah. So uh, <laughs> I guess the context matters. Like if you if you if we were to go down to uh i don't know the equator yeah sprinklers if we were to go down or a bear one of the two <laughs> uh if we were to go down to the equator your adaptability to heat would be just as challenging as your adaptability to cold hmm. like it's just as hard hmm. so this idea that, you know, because I was born in Canada, I'm more adaptable to the cold. Nah, it's just a mindset. I've heard lots of people uh, tell me how much they despise the cold and then I remind them where they were born and where they lived their entire life. And they're like, yeah, but that doesn't mean I have to like it. Really? You know, like, what are you doing here then? Yeah. <laughs> Go live at the equator. And if you think that that's easier, it's not. Mm. Being hot all the time. It's fucking terrible. Man. I don't know if it's terrible, but it's, you know, people think the grass is greener on the other side. Dealing with heat, in my opinion, uh, it's 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 much more challenging. Yeah. The cold, um, yeah, I found a special place in there. And so far, in my experience, the heat's been mm -hmm. more challenging than the cold. Like trying to wear a sweater on a, trying to wear a hoodie on a 30 degree day. That's, uh, that is tough, man. Mm. I used to say that there's no escaping the cold and I, I, I stand by that. There is no escaping the cold. Uh, but you can always get warm. Yeah. You know, it's hard to cool the body down. Yeah. Very hard to cool the body down in heat. Yeah, and so, you know, so it's, it's, it all boils down. To, I think a lot of it boils down to mindset. Anyway, we can, we can talk yeah. about this all night. Uh, yeah, but, but it makes sense in the sense that you don't need anything. I was going to, like a question popped in my mind, like we talked a lot about this, death, and <laughs> I was going to relate this to, uh, you better be cold than warm and like, to see the extreme like would you i would much rather die uh in ice water than 
burnt alive on the public place right being watched by the community down in the the dark ages like 100 oh, yeah. percent yeah, yeah. i would Oof. i would yeah, be yeah. in the titanic waters then burn alive so it makes so i'd rather be cold than too warm yeah man, that's, those are terrible well, what is to your go. what is your you know, when you, can't you know what from what i've heard uh <laughs> <laughs> from what i've heard um drowning is a very peaceful way to die i, I wasn't heard, even saying drowning but, but but if but you're in the cold you're probably you after, know what yeah, what comes yeah. first are right. you, you having a are you having a uh, stroke because you're 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 colder than cold um or or are you drowning i think probably people are drowning Right mm. before the cold gets, they had like uh, well, I'm talking about the Titanic specifically. They had um, floaters, mm. so they were like um, like die dead on the staying at the surface, mm -hmm. except from but Jack they were frozen. That yeah yeah. <sighs> yeah, I I don't know. I think uh, both would suck. I I just would want to see the the look in that bitch's face when I like she has room on there why is she not moving over and there's plenty of other things going there's you gonna have to cut this part out because I'm gonna get angry no she, he could have lived is this the love of her life yeah and also why do it like the first thing well, I mean also like easy to say oh what I would have done if I would have been <laughs> on the, <laughs> the time <laughs> Totally, I would totally. have done this and that. See, but it all, it's all good <laughs> until it happens to you. That's but, uh, totally true. And you could talk a talk. You could talk a big game, but you weren't there. Oh yeah. No. But I, I think the first thing that would, if <laughs> I mean, there is like, I would have keep uh, swimming. I would have like keep swimming like a like a crazy man to to either try to. Do keep a little warm even though it might not be possible but most importantly to the direction of the the people with the boats because they were like just on the side and then afterward they come back right like if you come back to see if there's a, to try to grab people like if i would be there like i would be fucking just like nah, i'm not buying it but yeah it's, no. it's total chaos <laughs> total chaos and no, uh, yeah. in, in the moment you you i think you're gonna see people um Yeah, do yeah. things that you would never uh, expect them to do oh, in yeah. a normal setting. Uh, I'll give you a prime example. I used to work on the cruise ships in, an, in another lifetime. Oh, really? And a guy I worked with told me a story that uh, just was harrowing. Uh, one of the cruise ships ran aground. Mm. And that can happen. Um, these, he ran onto a sandbar. It was just a mistake. Uh, if you know anything about cruise ships, they're very big and sandbars don't, don't, uh, the ships don't handle that very well. That being said, you're on a sandbar, so you're not going to sink. Mm -hmm. You, you basically ran aground and, uh, it's still considered an emergency. You have to get people off the ship. There's no question about it, but nothing bad is going to happen. And yet, this guy, so basically what happens is they try to keep everyone as calm as they can. People are running and, 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 and hitting their head and falling on the ship mm. because they're panicking yeah. 
and not listening to what's actually being said in the moment. Uh, so they're injuring themselves, putting you know p- putting themselves at risk of dying just because they're panicking. Mm-hmm. And then there are other people running up to my friend, shaking him in his life jacket, asking him, or, or maybe not asking, but demanding of him why he ruined their vacation. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Th- this is what happens to people when you put them in situations yeah. that are unpredictable. Mm. You have someone shaking you. You're, you work, <laughs> your job, this guy's job, was a casino dealer. Oh, yeah. And he has a life jacket on, and he's got, you know, he's got an employee uniform on. And this lady's shaking, why did you ruin my vacation? Like, is now the time to be doing this? Oh but God. because um, because they've, they've entered another mind or another dimension of their mind, man, they go off the rails in a hurry. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, interesting to talk about. I wouldn't ever want to be in that situation or on the Titanic. Because yeah. um, you just don't know. You can, yeah. you, you know, you could say, oh, I'm going to do all these things. No, for sure, yeah. And then, and then, uh, that's why uh, CPR, they keep it simple now. Just do compressions. Because mm-hmm. people are like, what the, I'm supposed to be breathing or, do, you know, mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be doing something. Yeah. No, just pound on somebody's chest for a while and see if they make it. Keep it simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> like pizza, cookies, and uh, sex. Just keep it simple. Right. Because the thing is, simple doesn't mean easy. But that's a no, whole no, different... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <a> whole different. <laughs> um, yeah I, I think well, we're like four hours and 15 minutes almost. Wow. I think that's... I think you're going to cut some of this, no? That's t- um, I might, but I like to think that, you know, this was like... We said what it was meant to be, and like it's gonna be out there and reach the people that are meant to hear it. Yeah, and I think it's pretty. I think it was a pretty interesting one, and like people listen to podcasts in several times. Like so, even if it's four hours, it's totally fine. Yeah, yeah. When is the? I'll always always put information and and contact and stuff of the the people in the the, the description mm-hmm. uh, if anyone wants to reach you for anything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so if they want to reach me, Steve Piper, uh, my uh, um, so my handles, the platform handles are at my Sport Cairo and Monashi Health Co. And yeah, just uh, you know, upcoming stuff. The Wim Hof method fundamental classes are starting again in the fall. When is the, the next one? Uh, nothing set. Uh, likely October. Yep. End of October. It's too easy in the summer. Cool. Thank you for the opportunity. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for participating. I hope, uh, not, I don't know. <laughs> Brevity is not the sense I get from these podcasts with questions like that. Gravity? Brevity. Oh, like bre- shortness. Oh, know? yeah. It's not brief. It's ma- it's made to be a long medium, right? Like it's it's it's. 
I think like the the, the more uh, even though it's very recent, but like the more it it feels like a little glimpse of like something that happens and and then it's out there and whatever the length you know like it's timeless and like it's something that maybe in fucking like twenty years ago will will listen back to like because I'll I'll listen back to nothing because I, I <laughs> just can't it's just too much things right and it's edited I I made the cuts with an AI uh, thing yeah and then I'll just like put the things together but I I, I can't you can't you don't go through you don't listen to things yourself so like i have no idea and i try to have like feedback from people it's like is it okay is it listenable like how is the flow how's because i had no fucking idea <laughs> you know um Learn, uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's but a learning curve but yeah like it's just the intention is like it's out there for the people that are curious about knowing more in a different face of of people because who have the opportunity to have online a four hours a fucking four hour con con conversation about all kind of things you know what i mean like it's, yeah. c it's completely I unique i love that part about it it's, it's completely it's, unique you, you you're tapping into something that so many tangents are allowed that's that's the way it should be you know so it's like story time right mm. and we're gonna get together and 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 talk a bunch of shit and let's see where where it goes. Like there's <laughs> yeah. no, oh yeah, geez, look at this. Uh, Ten o'clock at night, I gotta go. You know why would I? Why would I say that on an interesting conversation? <laughs> I wouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, man. Well, thank you. Thank you. And that is a wrap. <laughs>